Welcome to the Screamcast episode 103. I am Sean DeRager and with me is Brad Henderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. BJ is at rehearsal for a stage play that she's doing or, or something like that. Some theatrical performance. She is going to try to join us later. We shall see if that happens. You never know with these, uh, these types of like rehearsals, man. They, they're unpredictable when you get into live theater. From my, you know, I mean, I, my, my theatrical experience as far as like live theater, stage theater or whatever was like one play in college and a couple in high school. So I really know what I'm talking about. Were you drinking something? Let me, let me drink something too. Awkward silence. Sorry, I was just drinking mm. a little bit of Coke Zero. Mm. Gatorade. Yeah. I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to wake up here. Uh, I'm exhausted. Just so you know, if you have small children, and decide, hey, let's go out for some drinks and food with another couple with small children. Don't do it. You're Just an idiot, Sean. Stay home. Fucking And idiot. maybe grill up some burgers and hot dogs or order a pizza. Dude, that sounds like a <laughs> lot better. a lot better. Because you're paying like a fuck ton of money to go out to eat and the whole time you're like nervous. Oh, my God. Uh, I swear everyone in the restaurant was looking at us the whole time. And like, of course, dude. Like what? Like what does Noah say? Because even when you're at home, he's like, you know, hey, daddy, I pooped in the toilet. Uh, he's like, getting what, better now. He's almost four. I mean, he's cool. He has he yeah. he has a little faux hawk now. He got a little haircut today. Mm. He's he's you know, but yeah, they after like an hour, the kids are done. My older kids are having a friggin' wrestling match at their their end of the table, and uh, the other two kids of our friends, they're like two and three, so they're just like. <laughs> It sounds like a that sounds like nightmares, dude. It is a nightmare. We just kept ordering drinks for us. So, sounds good. We're your parents of the year. Your kid, your kid misbehaves. Order another drink, and then It'll you go okay. home and talk about porno. It'll be okay. Yeah, today, <laughs> father of the year, dude. Father, yeah, father <laughs> of the year. Uh, so if anyone wants to make me a plaque, uh, <laughs> drop me a line. But yeah, today we are talking about vinegar syndrome's April package. Uh, Emphasis on package. Mm-hmm. Mm. We're we're not above any sort of stupid puns around here. Um, this one was I was very much looking forward to because it is the release of Dolomite. Dang, on dude, Blu-ray. you said it. <laughs> Dang, you Rudy, sound like you sound like Rudy Raymore. Rudy Raymore in HD. We'll be talking about that. Uh, the other things that came along in the package were. Trashy Lady starring Ginger Lynn uh, unveiled and Harry Reams on DVD and then All Night at the Pono 12 unit <laughs> continuous show uh, oh DVD my god set. dude what is this like 12 hours of just yeah a unit is hours and it is <laughs> literally 12 hours and I am going did you to endure talk the full about 12 it. hours I will talk about it when we get to it, Sean. Awesome. I can't don't wait. Wanna, don't want to spoil for the listeners already. <laughs> but first, before we jump into all that, let's jump into what's on our doorstep. Holy cow. I almost forgot. We'll get the door. <laughs> what you got, Sean? All right, I uh, finally going through my stack of uh, 
of of my watch list. God damn it, what's going on? Hold on, I'm trying to bring up Letterboxd here. Oh my god. It's like, you know, keep track of everything I watch. All right, here we go. Um, so the first things I want to talk about are Arrow videos, uh, the region, actually it's all regions of uh, their Blu-ray of Nightmare City. Mm. This came back out a while back and I finally got my hands on it. I was excited because I had the Raro ver- Blu-ray of Nightmare City. Um, and the thing with this release is, and they were very open about it, was they couldn't really, you know, it was like they had a better transfer to work with, but it had some problems in certain areas that made it look worse than the other transfer. But then the other transfer was super soft because it was, um, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm going to mess up the specifics here. Um, hold on, let me pull a YouTuber and uh, read off the back of the box here. Uh, oh, uh, oh, sounds like some, uh, <sighs> you know. It doesn't have it on here, but but basically they used two different um, negatives. One I think was the inner positive and then the other one was something else. Uh, but they're both 30, I think they're both 35 millimeter negatives, but they have the thing I, I loved about it was they have kind of a short little featurette on the limits of restoration and they show the two different, uh, versions kind of side by side and what the things that they could improve on with one of the negatives that Raro didn't have their hands on. And then compared to, I think the other transfer was pretty much what Raro had to work with for, for that. Cause that Blu-ray was pretty like muddy looking and it looked like you're almost watching it through a, like a dirty window set some, sometimes cause it was, it was soft. Yeah. But, um, well, that's, that's what I think everybody has been used to, even from the VHS to blue underground's DVD. Yeah. It, it looked very cloudy. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say it looks like. So that version's on this Blu-ray and then they have their new scan, which has some print damage in certain spots. But I think I liked the, I mean, it was the clarity on when it was clear, it was amazing. And, um, for a movie like this, I can, if it's clear, I can almost look past or forgive any of the, you know, damage to the film. Cause it almost gives it kind of a grindhousey feel. I'd rather have it be clearer and deal with that than have it be muddy all the way through. So, um, it was pretty cool. I'm glad to, I'm glad to have this version. Um, so. What'd you think of the movie? Nightmare City is awesome. I mean, I love this flick. Yeah, no, I, I like how they all look like they have pizza on their face. <laughs> yeah, the, the, um, the makeup effects don't look any better in HD, but um, but it's you know you, you got no, it's it's a lot of fun, dude. I love that ending though. You got that violent zombies, classic. Yeah, the violent zombies classic, with uh, yeah. uh, weapons and they're running and the opening airfield sequence is pretty fantastic and I don't know, it's great. So that's how all of, you know, Umberto Lindsay's movies were. They're just, I don't know. They're just very gritty. And, um, you know, most of the time they're very violent. His, Mm -hmm. uh, some of his like giallo, um, films like knife of ice and eyeball, like they're they're pretty violent giallos. So I always, always kind of dug his, um, his style. He also has that uh, spring break movie. Like, um, it's called like welcome to spring break. It's really fucking good. I think it's called, um, fuck. What's the name of it over here? I think it was released on VHS as welcome to spring break. And then when it hit DVD or something, it was called like nightmares. Not not, not, that's that movie nightmare beach. Like a fucking guy, like in a uh, motorcycle helmet 
Like it's it's really fucking cool, but nice. I, I think it's all his all his movies. So it's nice to see, you know, a company take the time to really show Lindsay's vision as as much as, yeah. uh, you know, what it was how it was meant to be seen originally. Like if we were in the theater, so yeah. it, it's it's pretty cool, and it's a nice. I have that Blu-ray too, and it's it's really uh, it's really nice. I actually never picked up the Rara video, um, just because I don't know. It was one of those things I just never got around to. And I've seen the movie so many times yeah. and I had the DVD and I had the big box VHS when it was called, you know, City of the Walking Dead. And then, um, yeah, I was so familiar with the movie, just never picked it up. But I knew a new era went through all that trouble. And, right. you know, they even had a whole write up on their blog about it. And oh, I was yeah. like, I totally got to give that the time of day. So yeah. And that's why I, was, that's why I that's got it. I, I, I sold the Raro one and, and got this. So, yeah. Um, all right. So next up. Dude, I finally got around to seeing after all this time, Rudger Hauer in Split Second. <laughs> uh, courtesy 101 Films, this is a Region 2 Blu-ray, or Region B Blu-ray. And, you get this uh, on Blu-ray everywhere besides from the U.S. Yeah, it's so weird, man. It's like, yeah, I think, I think it's because of the HBO thing. I think HBO. Oh, that's it. right. That's the reason why it's. It was on DVD, and that was. I think it's long out of print. Yeah, but um, yeah, this thing. It's I mean, a hell of a movie, man. It's, it's pretty great. Rudger Hauer firing on all cylinders, as you would expect him to be. It's basically a cop uh, versus cop trying to track down a serial. It's like a killer. buddy cop. Buddy, buddy cop. cop. Yeah, buddy cop movie. Uh, trying to track down a serial killer, and this is no. You know, there's no secret. The serial killer happens to be an alien. It who looks like Venom. Cross between Venom and Look, uh, and you know the alien shit. aliens from the movie Aliens or whatever. Um, but it's it's pretty great, man. The dialogue on this movie is pretty fantastic. The buddy the buddy cop dynamic. Um, I mean, it's a goofy as shit movie. It takes place in the near future where all the uh, polar ice caps have melted and there's just water everywhere. Everything's flooded. It's always raining, and which I. I don't know. This is a low budget, but it's got, you got to think like having all that water had to suck when the, in the filming of this film. Yeah. I mean, I agree, but I, I mean, the way the movie looks and feels like, you know, it's nice to actually see, you know, an HD copy of this because the cinematography has always been like, I always thought it was great. And the same thing with uh, Tony Malum's The Burning. Yeah. I think The Burning looks fucking fantastic as a slasher film it's really well done it's really well shot um you know the camera work is really great and i think that's the same thing with split second especially towards the last like 15 20 minutes Mm -hmm. i mean i just love how wet it looks it's it's like if you took the crow and like dark city together (laughs) yeah you know it has that it has that gothic like you know uh that gothic feel um, I just always kind of dug that. Yeah, and, and, Blade, and, all, and Blade Runner, I guess, had the same. Yeah, thing. and also it has this futuristic feel to it too. Yeah, yeah Blade, Blade Runner. It's a, like all those like neo noir techno noir like sci fi thrillers have that type of look. Like everything, it's always wet. Like Total Recall. Yeah, you know, everything's wet. I don't know if you call it neo noir, but anyways. Um, yeah, I think his cinematography is always great. The dialogue is fun. <laughs> the chemistry between, um, you know, Kim Cattrall and Ruger Howard are really great. You know, his, uh, he plays Stone, uh, yeah. Ruger Howard. Harley then, Stone. And then Dick is his Dick Durkin. 
You know, we got to love that alliteration with <laughs> yeah. that character. Um, you know, Dick Durkin's great. He turns out to be, you know, kind of a, you know, a tie and, you know, suit cop versus, you know, which is kind of like this vigilante cop and soon turns to I'm with you, Stone. Let's fuck this guy up. You know, yeah. I, I, I just love that dynamic between these characters. It's, and pretty, it's pretty great, man. I mean, I, it's, I, it's a one liner movie, too, yeah, which, yeah, I, yeah. which I fucking just love. Yeah. You don't get very many movies like this. I mean, this is like late early nineties, you know, you'd gone through the gone through the eighties and there's just there's a certain appeal these movies have that even though they're lower budget, there's just there's like a almost a confidence to these types of films that they're just like they know what they are and they're just there's they're fun. I mean the alien may not look incredible or or whatever, like it looks good enough for what it's in, but it's like well, it's also hidden, you know, it was yeah. one of those things where the, I, I mean, probably due to budgetary constraints oh, yeah, yeah, that, totally. you know, they hid the alien, but I, I like kind of the, you know, secrecy of, of showing, showing yeah. the killer alien because like it's an alien, but also at the same time, it has this very humanistic serial killer side, you know, and I, I kind of, I really, really dig that. There's one um, scene I, I love when, uh, I think it's on, it's on top of a, Subway car where its claws come up through the scene, come come up. Oh, and the it top. starts and it just runs, dude. Oh man, that oh, seems dude, amazing. So that's cool. awesome. Such a cool yeah, scene. Yeah, I mean, it's a thing. Is like it's one of those. It's one of those movies, and I, I compare. I think even text you about it. It's very comparable to I Come in Peace. Yeah, it would make a great double feature with that. For yeah, sure. it's like one of these movies that is just scene after scene of just fun. Yeah, like you know, it's you know, it might not be the most coherent story or something that's really well written. Um, story wise, but between dialogue and action sequences, like this is like some of the best, like buddy cop, like insane sci-fi horror movies there are. <laughs> I mean, because we have our buddy cop movies that are great, like lethal weapon, obviously, but this is like lethal weapon in a horror, uh, aspect, you know, yeah. that's, I always looked at those movies and I've always really liked it. And I just, I love the fucking guns, you know, uh, I mean, it's the same thing with, you know, I come in peace. The guns are fucking great. The weapons are great. The characters are fantastic. Um, you know, even have that kind of the same dynamic of them chasing an alien. Yeah. You know, so I, I think it's a great double feature. And, and, you know, I just I think they're both wonderful looking movies. And, you know, it's a very it's a staple in my childhood, these two movies, and especially Split Second, because I saw Split Second because my mom actually told me to watch it. Um, you know, I think she caught it like on HBO or rented it or something like that when, um, you know, she like was up late and then she was like, Brad, you gotta, you gotta see this movie. And we, in a TV guide back in the day, you could like flip to the back and it had the movies alphabetically and when they were going to play. And she would like looked it up and she saw split second. She's like, Hey, it's going to be on like on Monday at like 8 PM. Let's, let's watch it. <laughs> That's my first, like you know, experience of, you know, split second is my mom, <laughs> you know, nice. telling me to watch a movie, which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and staying up late with her watching this alien flick. Um, this, you know, she loved that type of shit. So yeah, yeah that movie is great. pretty special to me. I think it's pretty affordable, um, through Amazon UK. Um, yeah, it also has cult, uh, cult classic collection in Germany released it. I got okay, mine yeah, yeah. for like six bucks. I think yeah. it was so. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty affordable. I mean, these are they're bare, bone, bare bones, of course. But this is the only yeah. way you can actually see it in HD. It's not streaming anywhere. It's not 
you know. No, and it's, I think the DVD is pretty unavailable too. I think that, it's that pretty gone. high up there. Yeah, yeah, and I think 101's, 101 films released it called Classic Collections, and there's one more that did it. I was, I was, I was thinking that at because 101 point, is UK. Yeah, I was thinking it would be called Classic Germany at some point, but I don't know, man. We still yeah. haven't even have the Hitcher. On on the, we the hitcher when he split second domestic release. We also <laughs> need uh, No Escape Man with the. Uh, yeah, that's the Ray? thing. It, yeah, Ray, Ray Liotta. Ray, Ray Liotta. I, that's all those fucking ah. HBO. And the same thing with uh, Full Eclipse. Mm. I think it's. I think it's another HBO title. Yeah, but someone know? needs to get on that and release these yeah. somewhere. I don't care where. If if even if it's a Region B thing, I don't especially even like, No I'm Escape. Not- you know, we always hear we always hear about Lionsgate and shit like that, which we'll talk about probably in a minute. But like, you know, what? No one talks about HBO about the rights. I mean, obviously HBO is you know high up there, but you know, no one ever mentioned like if it's you know it's something maybe we could tweet to like Arrow or something if they've attempted. I mean, obviously they probably attempted, but you know, is it like Lionsgate where they're just very like? You know, they don't even respond to licensing out their films. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? All right. Uh, and then moving along here. So let's see here. I think I got uh, one more. Oh, I finally watched Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight. Mm. And I fucking loved it. It's amazing. I loved it so much. I I don't know. Like, I've seen like kind of split reactions to Tarantino films, especially the last few, I think. Um, even with Death Proof, which I loved Death Proof. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm with you. I mean, Grindhouse as a whole, I, I loved it. I saw that in the theater and I had a blast. So The Hateful Eight, you know, Tar- Tarantino's spin on a Western, and I don't know what people are expecting. Like, you've seen enough Tarantino films by now, you know that the most of the plot, a majority of it, is going to be driven through dialogue. With the exception probably of Pulp Fiction and Jackie Brown. Most everything else is, you know, scenes of just dialogue playing out. Did you the say plot. with the exception? Pulp, I mean, Pulp Fiction is more of an, I mean, it has more than just the dialogue. I think that one and, oh, and Jackie that. Brown is a more, is the most straightforward Tarantino's ever been with the film. But oh. no, Pulp Fiction still has its bouts of dialogue, but I'm saying, you know, mostly, you know, like Reservoir, Do- Reservoir Dogs is very much dialogue. Um, Inglorious Bastards, maybe, maybe not so much. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just used to, when I see Tarantino, I know that there's going to be long stretches of just dialogue of these characters kind see, of feeling each other. See, around. I'm the other way around. I think that Pulp Fiction is very, because di- his most biggest action movie to me would be Kill Bill. Because right. I think that has the perfect blend of dialogue and action. See, I think yeah. all of Pulp Fiction, like to me, that's I, I mean, Pulp Fiction is probably you know next to Kill Bill and Death Proof. I mean, it's hard for me to pick a favorite Tarantino yeah. movie. It's like impossible. You like say name and order, and it's like I don't know how. <laughs> you well, know, just the way he presents film. I guess. I mean, I, I'm I'm I what I'm getting at is you know by now we're. It you should, should be expected. You should be expecting what a Tarantino film is going to be like. And I don't know what people were expecting because people are like, oh, Hateful Eight was boring. Oh, man, too much talking. And it's just the lesser of the, all the Tarantino films. And, um, I was riveted for the full, is it what, two and a half hours? 
Yeah, and like I'm kicking myself for not seeing this thing on a big screen because the the cinematography, especially in the opening of the film with the vast western snowy vista, you know, is just incredible. And the, and the shots of the horses on the, the stagecoach is just is just amazing. And even in when they get to where they're going and you know, it turns into more of a one location film, like even the cinematography in there and the use of the camera and it's just it's a great film there's so much going on in each each scene that it almost you know i i wish i would have seen this in especially the 70 millimeter road show but i did i know lucky bastard but it, it is fantastic man i i loved it so much i i can't wait to watch it again cuz i know watching it a second time is going to reveal so much more because of things you find out as the movie moves along um sam jackson man yeah, it's yeah, probably one of his performance. Love his role in it. I love uh, Kurt Russell in a western. Like he just the way he plays western characters is fantastic. And yeah, uh, you know it, it's just it's it's great. I don't know. I don't, if 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 you hated it, I I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You know, <laughs> I mean, with this and the Revenant, I feel like. You know, The Revenant was kind of an easy target because the filmmakers were just saying, oh, it's so hard to make the film, blah, blah, blah. You know, that that set them up. But as a film itself, if you judge it, the film itself, that movie is incredible um, and, and, and an incredible piece of filmmaking. And then The Hateful Eight, you got, you know, 2015 with just those two films was pretty kick-ass. So uh, I wish I would have seen both those films on the big screen for sure. So, but... But I love Hateful Eight, man. It, I'm, the Blu-ray had like hardly anything as far as special features go, which is a shame. But uh, I think Tarantino, Tarantino doesn't do special features. Yeah, I think he he brushes that aside. And, he doesn't even do commentaries. Nah. So no, yeah, I fine. mean it's ex- it, it, it's expected. Yeah, I think he doesn't want that. I, I mean, I think that yeah. he's kind of against that. Yeah, which is fine, and and. He can do whatever the hell he wants, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I don't I have no complaints. Just make good movies, and yep. he obviously does. Yeah. So. so that's that's what I was watching. That's what I uh, what arrived on my doorstep. Cool. I'll blow through mine. Mine's uh, fairly quick. I haven't watched uh, that much. Um, well, I've watched a lot, but I can only speak on behalf of a few. <laughs> I'll start off with a bang. I watched Jim Warnowski's Shark and Saul Women's Prison Massacre. Oof. <laughs> and then I watched, <laughs> uh, dude, it's yeah, Is it pretty much I what I'm expecting it to be. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, if anybody knows Jim and his movies, oh, if you just yeah. watch his documentary, which is fucking fantastic, the Papatopoulos. Yeah, great. I mean, he films a movie in three days. He is wants titties and blood and everything to go right. And he doesn't really give a fuck anymore. And that's pretty much how Shark and Saw. I, like, I want to even say that I liked it, but I can't like something like this. It's just, <laughs> it's just too much for me. I, I can't get into that. Um, I mean, I can't really get into CGI sharks on land. That's weird. <laughs> um, and then I watched fucking fantastic. I know I texted you a couple times. I watched this movie called Emily. It's mm. by, I think dark skies, is uh, the ones that released it. It recently was released on Blu-ray a couple Tuesdays ago or last, or um, yeah, I think actually this past Tuesday, I think it was released. Um, I've watched a lot of babysitter movies and this is by far one of the better ones. Um, 
This movie is going to be very offensive to certain people. It is fucked up. Um, it made there is one scene. So the home movie, they call it, I'm just going to call it the home movie scene. The home movie scene is fucking disturbing. <laughs> like I'm watching it and I'm like, man, I'm fucking uncomfortable because the, the plot is, is that you have this, um, kind of odd opening, um, to these characters. And then we soon jump into this father picking up this babysitter. Um, and he takes her to the house, introduces her to the kids. Um, you know, she comes highly recommended. She has her own, you know, Facebook page for babysitting. Um, and she gets to the house, you know, kids, kids like her and everything. But as soon as the parents leave, she's kind of a bitch and she has the kids do things and they can do kind of whatever they want. Um, you know, and she's just not a very good babysitter <laughs> and it just gets worse and worse and worse until like it kind of, you get into the story, but it's just the things like, I mean, the kids are probably between, I would say the oldest is maybe like 11. Um, the next is probably like seven. And then you have, um, kind of like a four year old and man, I tell you, dude, like, I, I don't even think the kids would probably be able to watch the movie after, you know, like you, these kids make this movie and they're not allowed to even watch it. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> it's, I, I think that happens. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I mean, it's like the whole story of, um, you know, the kid that played Danny Torrance. He he was told The Shining was a family drama, you know, and he didn't know it was a horror film until he was way older. Um, That's incredible. You know, because they, they hit it. They hit it. From him, I mean, it's not even comparable to the, the shiny. I mean, there's some really kind of I call I would say horrific. I'm not being a pansy, but it, when it comes to kids, it's a different caliber, yeah, of a, of a movie. And you know what these kids are being exposed to and shit. It's just like, I mean, there's a few scenes. Uh, I mean, just really awful and mean spirited shit. Um, but it, it's it's fucking fantastic. It's a really good movie. I, I I was really impressed by it. I mean, with a lot of these, you know, titles that come out, like kind of these directed video stuff that just kind of show up out of nowhere. You know, you always watch them and you hope for the best. And and most of the time, you don't get the greatest movie. So it's really really uh, refreshing to see such a, you know something different because I have honestly, I don't have seen too many movies where they're this mean and kind of go these steps. Wow. You know, it's not like we're fucking watching Serbian film or fucking American Guinea pig or something like that. No, like this is like could happen type of shit. That's what's scary about it and kind of more evil. Um, and I think that's, um, pretty much it. Okay. That I, that I can, uh, so I, I was, that was quick, quick for me. Nice. All right. Um, we're going to jump in the news in just a second, but before we do that with Josh, uh, Brad, since you were the one that kind of spearheaded the, the Lionsgate thing. Oh, yeah. We need to talk so, about Lionsgate. Uh, yes. Probably as you already know through about. our um, Twitter and Facebook, because our, our link blew up, kind of. You yeah. Know? Um, I uh, – I know from you know from Jay because uh, this all a lot of this stems from um, Jay Hawkinson a couple years ago 
I know that he was at this horror fest. Jim was there. They screened, uh, you know, a 4K scan of Chopping Mall. They said it looked great. He said he's working with Lionsgate, and that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I was uh, on uh, friends with Jim on on Facebook, and I saw a post where he said he was heading to Lionsgate. You know, the next day, yeah. wish him luck. And I was like, holy shit! Like this is it. This is. You know, this might be happening. So I sent it to Josh and like, dude, I was like, you need to write this up right away because this is huge, you know, because if he actually gets this, like that's going to, like I said, it's going to open floodgates. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to either be open for licensing for companies or Lionsgate is actually going to do their own line of horror, you know, kind of this resurgence of horror, which very much what they did on DVD. Right. You know, they have a ton of titles on DVD, um, but they're mostly all out of print. Um, so, you know, we posted it um, and shared it. And then the following day, um, Jim said the deal's solid, expected during the summer. And I was like, what the fuck? That's Topping Mall cute- and HD on Blu ray, dude. Yeah. So um, apparently that is true, according to Jim Warnowski, but he also said in a comment on his Facebook page that he didn't want to let the cat out out of the bag, but Chopping Mall is going to be one of the first kind of rounds or batch to um, putting some older films from vault titles, I think he said, to to quote him, vault titles on Blu-ray. Yeah, he said they're they're actually, as of now, um, they are going through their vaults to decide what they're going to release as a part of this, uh, yeah, did they have a so, name for it or something? It wasn't. Did he, did he? I, I think some names have been thrown around. I'm not sure what. This they is all did. very much just from Jim. Like we haven't had an official announcement. Right, from Lionsgate yet. N- nothing by Lionsgate. Um, but I expect them to do exact exactly what they did with the Lost Collection that they did a few years ago. And I mean, they literally went through their entire cat, not entire. Um, but they went through a big portion of their catalog and released stuff on DVD. I mean, we had Slaughter High on DVD. Mm-hmm. We had, um, you know, Class of 1999. We had Alligator. We had Chopping Mall. I mean, I go on a long list of titles that they released on DVD, but uh, all those eventually made it. Um, so, you know, obviously we're probably going to get some HD masters, so we're going to get what's on Vudu. But at least with our physical media people – they will actually have a copy because I know it's really hard to sell people on uh, digital. Well, when your internet but, goes down, what the hell are you supposed to do? Right. You, know? you know, and and the thing is, is like even when you put on that Voodoo HDX, it still doesn't sound or look. Yeah, it's same. not. It's not. Yeah, it, it all depends. It doesn't. On your it doesn't connection. shake. Yeah, and, and you know, you almost have to have the most perfect setup in order to amplify the, the sound that they put out because it just doesn't do that. It's just not the same. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so hopefully, um, we'll get an announcement or something. I mean, summer that's now, I mean, that's like in two, three months. So he's done all the heavy lifting for them. All they have to do is basically master the disc. Yeah. So it sounds like that they might already have something pressing or pressed and they just haven't announced it yet. So my guess is that they're going to go through waves. They're going to release you know, a few titles and say six titles here or there, you know, and see how they do. And if they do well, then they'll probably keep it up Yeah, because I think as a company, they can look back and see what everybody else is doing. And at least there's money in it. Mm -hmm. And with Lionsgate, 
you know, they actually have the upper hand because they can put it out in stores everywhere, which a lot of these other companies can't. So they have the, you know, we're going to be able to probably go to Best Buy and shopping malls going to be on the shelf, which is pretty fucking cool. So, um, we'll Dude, see. Class of 99 on in HD. What do you think? It's going to happen. There's no HD master of that. Don't God play around with me. Damn it. There's none? Really? Nope. It's on, it made it on Blu-ray and, um, I think it was Germany, but there's no subs and it's pretty much the DVD. Oh, okay. Because I, I bought it just to see what it looked like and it looks exactly the same. That sucks. Um, but anyways, uh, ho- hopefully, right. you know, because I mean, there's a lot of titles that never made it to DVD. And so hopefully we, we will get some, you know, maybe Girlfriend from Hell or something like that. That'd be cool. Gothic? Gothic? I'm fucking, dude, Lionsgate, if you're listening, Lionsgate? if you're listening. Just, just let me do it. <laughs> I will literally make you billions of dollars. <laughs> I know your fucking catalog. I don't even need to go through your vaults. I know what you fucking have. So, so let me tell you six titles, and I'll make you a million dollars. There you go. In a in a week. Offers on the table, Lionsgate. I'll make you ten million dollars in a month. There you go. Not really, not really. There's some <laughs> sales, but I don't know if they play their cards right. I think they could really, you know. Decent price, which that's the cool thing. It's going to be decent prices. Yeah. We're not going to be looking at twenty nine ninety five code red Blu-rays. <sighs> We're going to be looking at probably like fucking $8.99, dollars yeah, maybe $19.99 the highest blue like cost of Blu-rays. Because look at their fucking DVDs. Like the stuff that Witch, the Witch is coming out like at what, $12.99 or something like yeah. that? Like they have really low prices unless it's one of their bigger titles, but they're always on sale. So, I mean, that's going to be so fucking cool for horror fans. Like, I, I can't, I really hope, and fucking people buy this shit. Even if you don't like the movie, buy it, because you're going to make, that's going to make, great, that's going to make Lionsgate. Lionsgate shit, this is the greater good, people. Yeah, because the it. reason why yeah. they stopped putting out those lost collections is because no one was fucking buying them. Yeah. Like, they released, I think, eight titles on that Lost collection. It was movies that were, you know, really hard to find. Slaughter High was one of them. You know, Morgan Stewart's Coming Home was uh, another one. Um, you know, they put those out on, on DVD, and no one fucking bought them. Well, it's time to actually do something, because if you purchase, they will see – they'll see the sales, and then they'll be like, man, this is a really good idea. This is extra money in our pocket. You know, who what fucking company doesn't like money? So hopefully it happens. I have high hopes. I have my eyes open, and you guys will not hear the end of it. Like, I will promote that to the bitter end because um, if you're a fucking nut like me, you know exactly what they have, and it's a lot. Like, I mean, these people bought out Vestron. They bought out Lightning. I mean, every fucking little label that you see at the top of your VHS – Usually that probably was purchased by Lionsgate. I mean, we have uh, Live Entertainment was purchased by them, Trimark. I mean, these people have so much shit. Like, it's fucking sickening. Like, if you think we have a lot of horror movies now, wait until Lionsgate comes out. It's going to be insane. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think fucking Vidmark and IVE they have. (laughs) Like it's just like it's just so so much, so much. Nice. So, anyways, all right, right on. All right, well, let's jump into the news with Josh Obershaw, and we'll be right back talking about vinegar syndrome. 
right, Josh Overshad joins us for the news. What's up, Josh? What's up, Sean? I'm doing well. All right, so me and me and Brad just discussed uh, the Lionsgate thing, so we can lead off with that uh, quickly with Lionsgate, and then uh, we'll jump into uh, all the other shit that went down. Yeah, and there's a lot of shit that went down this week, and and I was struggling to keep up this week. So yeah, just really quickly, um, Lionsgate is going to be releasing a Blu-ray of Chopping Mall, mm-hmm. so that's going to be exciting stuff. And according to Winorski, they're already searching through their vaults for more '80s titles to give the Blu-ray treatment. So that's going to be fun, and um, I'm going to actually going to write up a little wish list of kind of the movies that I would like to see get a Blu-ray nice. treatment from Lionsgate. Because I know a lot of people have been waiting for some titles. So, yeah, that'll be coming soon. And then that will lead into – I'll open up the discussion on the on the message boards asking folks, uh, what do you want to see Lionsgate put out on Blu-ray? So, yeah, there's that. It was kind of hard to try to find a, a comprehensive list or a go-to place where right. I can look at – And I don't think there is one. I think it's all kind of like, well, shoot, why hasn't that movie been released, you know – you know why hasn't that one sequel <laughs> or whatever been released, or that one movie that I remember the, the VHS cover? Most of the time, it's possibly you know most likely it's going to be a Lionsgate has it. Um, also, uh, we got a picture uh, sent to us at the uh, Texas Frightmare. Someone had visited the Severn uh, Severn booth, and they snapped a picture of their upcoming slate for the rest of the year. And it's, there's some cool titles, man. Uh, I'm just going to run down a few of them. I already talked about Burial Ground. Mm-hmm. And I already mentioned Beyond the uh, Beyond the Darkness. 88 Films are going to be releasing that. But they've also got Dr. Butcher, MD, a.k.a. Zombie Holocaust. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Other Hell, Christina, Lady Libertine slash Love Circles, Eaten Alive, which is not the Tobey Hooper movie. This yeah. is the uh, the 1980. 1980- this is the 1980 film directed by Umberto Lenzi, who, of course, directed Cannibal Ferox. Uh, what else I got? The Devil's Honey, Kung Fu Trailers of Fury, Volume 2, and this is the one I'm excited for, Anthropophagus. Yes. So Anthropophagus is... Films one. Oh, yeah. We talked about that before. You said it looks pretty good, right? I haven't cracked it open yet. Oh, okay. My bad. Anyways, that's <laughs> going to be uh, the Severance Slate. Oh, moving right along. There's a lot. Um, I just want to mention this really quick. La La Land Records has just re-released the two CD complete score to John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, nice. They had previously, they had previously uh, released this in 2009, but it quickly went out of print. So if you missed out on that, here's your chance to go get it. Uh, go to La La Land Records and get this one. It's limited to 3,000 copies. This is a 30th anniversary limited edition and it's pretty much identical to the one that came out in 2009 except it's got new liner notes from film music writer jeff bond and a reversible cover with new art by jim titus next up we've got the final list of extras for just desserts the making of creep show excuse me this is going to be put out by synapse and we have a release date as well july 12th now the extras it'll be presented in 1080p hd with the 1.78 widescreen. The extras are a commentary by director and editor Michael Felsher, a commentary with actor John Amplis, property master Bruce Allen Miller, and makeup effects assistant Daryl Ferrucci. Followed by Creep Show Days, an interview with director of photography Michael Gornick, 
some extended interview segments with George Romero, Tom Savini, and Bernie Wrightson, a behind-the-scenes compilation of on-set video footage from Tom Savini, an episode of Horror's Hallowed Grounds with Sean Clark, and this is actually a, a bonus feature that I mentioned previously, Scream Greats Volume 1, Tom Savini, Master of Horror Effects, and this one includes an optional commentary by Savini. But in addition to that, there's also a vintage 1982 evening magazine segment, which was shot on the set of the film, featuring rare cast and crew interviews. And lastly, there's a behind-the-scenes of Creepshow photo gallery. Some couple other quick titles I want to mention. Psychomania from 1973. That's coming out on Blu-ray from British Film Institute. So this is actually going to be a British DVD, uh, excuse me, Blu-ray. That comes out on September 19th. This was uh, previously put out by Severin in 2010. And the BFI is also going to be releasing Ken Russell's Women in Love, starring Oliver Reed, also on September 19th. Hmm. Do you remember me mentioning on the site that Code Red were going to be releasing 2019 after the fall of New York? Yes. Guess what? 88 films are releasing that, too. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) The fun never stops with these two. Am I right? Yeah. But uh, 88 Films did say that it's going to be digitally restored and it's going to be presented in its original scope aspect ratio for the first time ever. Uh, there's no uh, date or, re- or extras to report at this time. But yeah, that's 2019. From Screen Factory, we've got Session 9 starring David Caruso. Yes. This one's coming out August 16th. And Excuse me. Still getting a little chunked up here. <laughs> uh, it's emotional. <laughs> I know. Extras- <laughs> I know there's so much. It's so beautiful. <laughs> the extras are still in progress for this one, but yeah, August 16th, session nine. Plus, this is the one I'm really, really excited for. Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1978. Screen Factory are releasing a collector's edition of this one. It comes out August 2nd. Now, as far as extras, Quote, specs and extras, both new and existing, will be announced sometime in June. So stay tuned for news on that one. Yeah, I have the the Blu-ray um, of this already. You know, it was just like, I think a bare bones one or something like that. But I don't think it looked that good. So I think um, I'm hoping that they do a, you know, a restoration on it or something like that. So, I mean, I'm I waiting, hope so too. I'm waiting to see what the specs are before I really bite down on this one. I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, that release, because I already own the Blu-ray of that one, I double-dipped because they did such a great job. You know, um, so I'm, I'm hoping they do the same kind of treatment for this. And lately, I feel like they've kind of been stepping up their game with their collector's editions. So, keep my fingers crossed. Sure, sure sounds like it. Well, we already know that the, uh, the Screen Factory art is better than the one that Fox put out. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Because I've seen what that looks like, and I'm not a fan. Nah, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I got some new stuff uh, to report. Since we're on the subject of Shout Factory, it looks like Shout Factory are having another sort of what you would call like a, a, a sub-label, mm-hmm. kind of like Screen Factory. This one's called Shout Select, and they're going to be releasing a lot of cult classics and fan favorites that aren't necessarily horror, but some are genre, some are not, but they're going to be, they're going to be fan favorites that people have been clamoring to want on Blu-ray and the big one, the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension. Finally. I I just bought the arrow one. I know. (laughs) 
Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I just got it in the mail like uh, last week. This is pretty funny that uh, that now we're getting a domestic. So, but yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to see you know what Shout Factor brings to the table with this one, and I'll probably end up buying it too. From the sound of it, it's gonna be it's gonna be huge. I mean, it's <laughs> gonna be packed. I mean, they already said it's gonna be two discs at least, mm-hmm. and I mean, the MGM DVD had a lot of stuff on it. I can't remember yeah. all of them at, at this moment, but um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. There's gonna already gonna be a comprehensive retrospective. Who know who knows how long that's gonna be and how much space that's gonna oh, man, take. Be amazing. Yeah, this one comes out August 16th, by the way. And also, the art looks incredible. That's great. You can pre-order that one. They also announced uh, John Carpenter's Elvis. That also comes out on uh, August 16th. So there's another John Carpenter title to add to the pile. And um, details are pretty minimal right now for these two because they, they're they just titles that are announced. There's no There's nothing else to them. But there is going to be a collector's edition of 1989's Roadhouse. Mm. I know there's a lot of fans out there for Roadhouse, so I'll let you know what the extras are going to be for that one. And the most triumphant news, of course, is Bill and Ted's most excellent collection. It's going to be a three-disc set. Unfortunately, I don't have any other news for you in <laughs> regards to this title, but... This is going to be a good one. I just bought uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure on Blu-ray, of course, too. So maybe that's what I got to do. Just finally finally buy things and and then they'll get deluxe releases. <laughs> well, especially when it comes to like MGM titles. I yeah. it, I mean, I have I avoid getting those until I know for sure that, you know, something somebody like Shout Factory are going to be putting them out again because it just seems like that's an inevitability now. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's all the news I have, Sean. All right, man. Cool. Thank you very much. No problem. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Vinegar Syndrome has let their April package out into the world. They've unzipped their giant fly and whipped it out. That is true. (laughs) So, uh, we're here to talk about it. We're going to talk about, we got our homework a couple weeks back and, uh, we have done our homework. So Dolomite got the Blu-ray, uh, finally a Blu-ray release. Uh, Trashy Lady got a Blu-ray release and unveiled and all night at the Pono got DVD releases. So what we're going to do is we're going to dive we're going to we're going to get the naughty bits out of the way cuz there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so um here we go. Where where do we even start? <sighs> I don't know. Let's start with uh trashy lady. Okay. Um I mean like like I said last time we covered these like this is very much out of my comfort zone. Like when I want to sit down and relax and watch something, I I really the last thing I want to watch is is strangers fucking. Hey, it's Ginger Lynn. She's not a stranger. Herschel Savage <laughs> and Harry Reams. Come on. I guess. I mean, if you've if you've seen these, they are not strangers. But uh, but so you know, so it's a little bit for me. It's it's in a weird in a weird way. It's like it it is like 
oh god, I gotta, I gotta watch these. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, yeah, yeah. Now, just being honest, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's not when I seek out entertainment. It's not what I seek out. And with, especially with the hardcore stuff, it's just almost too, um, too explicit. Like I, like Tinto Brass, like. You like sexploitation. I like sexploitation and yeah. a little bit of like the more of the softcore erotic. Like if there's a story and, and the story lends itself to yeah, more adult you know, situations, that's, that's, that's what I'll, the- I'll watch. Like, um, Tinto Brass's, uh, Black Angel, which is also known as Senso 45. Like that is a fantastic film. With with some sex in it, but it's it's there's a reason for it, you know, and it's very much this relationship in you know in this wartime setting, you know. So it's um, that and and um, and uh, um, Salon Kitty, you know, things like that are right up my alley. But Trashy Lady, it's a it's a X rated film uh, directed by Steve Scott, starring Ginger Lynn, Harry Reams, Herschel Savage, Amber Lynn. Carolot, Bunny Blue, and Tom Byron. And I was kind of excited about this one because it takes place in like the 1940s. So I was like, oh wow, we got this like 1940s, you know, sexy time film that won awards, apparently, for cin- yeah. cinematography I mean, was- and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, okay, this might be something. So, um, unfortunately, it wasn't in the vein of like corruption or, uh, sex world. Is pretty much just a porno. Yeah, I was. Um, this is a first for me. I always heard about the film because it was, uh, you know, Ginger Ginger Lynn. Of course, she was in it. And this was, I mean, she's beautiful. I mean, he- yeah, I think it's one of her, um, you know, one of her first films. And you know, I, I remember reading about it on Vinegar Vinegar Syndrome website. They had, you know, Bill Marigold do, um, you know, auto commentary, which you know he's, you know, kind of. I mean, it wasn't for him. We wouldn't ha- have probably most of the porn we do. Um, but, you know, I was really excited to see kind of, uh, you know, what this is like maybe set in the 40s or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was expecting, you know, sets and stuff like that. And I, I mean, I knew it was very popular and, you know, uh, it's just everything was felt was like filmed in a corner. And set dressings were, you know, like a desk. And they spent money some on some costumes and maybe some car rentals because there's yeah the you know, costumes scene with, are great yeah and but it's just very it's just very bland you know that there's not really a story to it other than turning an innocent girl into a trashy lady mm-hmm. that's basically it um, you know and all the performances are are are, are fairly dull. Like no one's really likable or funny, um, you know. It's just I, I maybe it just wasn't for me because I, I know that this film is loved by mm-hmm. a lot of people. It did really well. I just you know this is one of the first. I was really excited about it. I just um, I, I I mean I was like yeah I really could, there was reasons why I couldn't get into it different from you, but I was just I don't know it was just like every time that we started talking, you know, someone's mouth open and a dick was shoved in it rather than actually. <laughs> You know, actually having any dialogue. Um, so, I mean, obviously it will do well because it's, you know, it's definitely one of those awaited films, I think, for a lot of collectors and people that enjoy, um, you know, pornographic cinema. I just, I don't know. I just, you know, it's the very first time I've ever probably said that I wasn't the biggest fan of, uh, yeah. of pornos from Vinegar Syndrome. I don't know. It just, it just didn't hit me right. And this is, I mean, I, I know something that's not bad out of a, over 120 releases. <laughs> so, 
but it's anyways, a, it's a pretty good average. I mean, but this thing, it looks great. I mean, in, in, yeah, I, I actually didn't dive into the commentaries. They actually had two different commentary tracks and I, I'm actually really, I probably will listen to the Bill Marigold cause I think he's fucking hilarious. And I, I'm, I'm he's a very smart in, guy. I'm very much interested in checking out the commentaries. Maybe if I put something over the screen, <laughs> just listen to the commentary or something, but I'm very interested yeah. in, in just, because this is, you know, th- this type of cinema is something I never, I never really did, never really explored, never really had the desire to. I mean, so for me, this is all kind of new, but I'm, but as, as a lover of film and, and cinema, I'm always interested in, you know, the behind the scenes and to have like a, a commentary, there's two commentaries, um, for a film like this. It's like what, it, I couldn't imagine. I mean, I guess if you act in these films, it's all it's it's all whatever. But sitting down and just watching yourself have sex and, yeah. and comment on it as the well, film's going along is uh, well. I mean, this <laughs> is really yeah. Funny. I mean, the the Herschel Savage is on it, and I mean, he's still alive and well, and I think he probably still makes porno. I'm not 100 percent sure, <laughs> but they have the director of photography, which you know, I know that Trashy Lady's known for its cinematography, but honestly, it's not that good to me. Like there's nothing other than you know you're you have people in costumes and you put them in a dark corner and you and you film like I don't I just don't know it just didn't grab me like I I, I expected to be like you know kind of blown away by the cinematography he knows, he knows how to light penises <laughs> well I was expecting like something like corruption corruption yeah, looks it, beautiful yeah. yeah. You know, it's nightmarish. It's 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 gorgeous at the same time. You know, I, I just I don't know. I, I get maybe I was expecting too much. Right. You know, because I, I think I, I look at the as if Vinegar Syndrome is going to put a pornographic film on Blu-ray. There's something more special about it. Maybe that's the mindset I'm in. Because coming from their other titles that have been put on Blu-ray that are uh, pornographic titles. Uh, most of them are really worth it and they look great and there's something special. This one just didn't hit me the same way as those did. So. I mean, I think Ginger Lynn's pretty much the biggest thing going for it. Uh, and, and the costumes, of course. But, um, you know, here's what I was thinking of today and it's a weird, uh, it's a weird comparison, but I mean, I grew up being forced to watch like Christian movies and Christian, uh, music. Like the porn industry is like almost the opposite end of the spectrum, but it's the same type of dynamics going on where they're all lower budget, um, and <laughs> the money's not going in the script or the or the you know the filmmaking itself, and they're just getting something done. They know what their audience wants. In this case, you know, audience wants to see beautiful people having sex. You know, and it's then that's how I look at the porn industry because I was actually I actually worked in the Christian uh, music industry and then. I've seen how the Christian film industry is. It's like, it's, it's almost the same thing, but, but with fucking instead. <laughs> Replace <laughs> but Jesus a, with fucking. Right. But I mean, I, I guarantee you the, the porn industry makes way more money than, than these. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They're, they both kind of have their self-contained these, audiences. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's definitely money in it, but I mean, yeah. you're talking billions and billions of dollar industry. Um, I mean, nowadays, I mean, I think it was even just as successful back then. Oh yeah, it, it that so. and that's the thing. Like when I watched that sexploitation um, documentary that Severin put out, I mean, you know this this stuff, you know, sexploitation films have that always has been a money maker 
since, you know, for the longest time, like people have been in, interested in sexuality as entertainment. And, um, it, it's, it is a fascinating subject, something that I'm kind of as a, someone who likes, uh, history and, and entertainment. It's just, it's a, it's a fascinating subject that I, I don't think I've really dived into as much as I, as I, as I would want to. But like this type of stuff makes me want to kind of look into that even further just from the behind the scenes aspect for sure. But, but yeah, this as, as a film, like it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's an, it's an eighties porno. Yeah. So, so I'd, I'd be interested. I mean, if, if any of you, you know, get these and have a different opinion, I, I would love to hear it, you know, or, or if this is something that you'd been waiting yeah, for and, maybe I missed and something. had seen before, like, you know, it's it's just funny. I mean, I never thought we'd have. I mean, I, I we started this podcast just like we're going to start. We're going to talk, you know, mostly genre and horror. But it's it's funny that we're having at least once a month we're bringing up you know <laughs> adult films. But um, but you know, as opposed to wanting to see like a film like this, I'm more interested in the you know, I guess uh, the making of aspect of, of this whole you know that whole industry, it, the whole industry yeah. has always been fascinating to me just cause I'm not drawn to it at all, but it's just fascinating how, how much of a moneymaker it is and how it's changed, you know, every decade. Yep. So, um, all right. So that was trashy lady. I mean, if, for, for a Blu-ray, I mean, vinegar syndrome stuff always looks great as far yeah. as looks how it looks. And the fact that they actually put special features on a movie like this to me is, you know, Special yeah. features on anything. I mean, it's definitely got to be a little difficult to even find some of these people. Yeah. All so. right. Moving along to the DVD of Unveiled. This is a 1986 yes. adult film. Yes. Um, 75 minutes, but I wish it was 175. <laughs> uh, I don't even I'll, – I'll let you set this one up, Brad. Um. I really, really, really liked Unveiled. Um, All I know is there's a crazy masked ball. Is that that's how it ends <laughs> in the last part of the movie? It just gets insanity. Oh yeah, there's there's definitely a huge orgy. <laughs> um, but Unveiled is uh, this is very comparable to kind of '80s sex comedies with just fucking. <laughs> and that's what I really liked about it. Uh, very much like um, Bob Chin's Hot and Saucy Pizza Girls. It feels like a sex comedy, but fucking with the side, actual like penetration. Because, I mean, obviously there's fucking in those movies. Um, but Unveiled was really, really fun because the dialogue and plot is so absurd. And the dialogue had me cracking up. It's um, basically these uh, two guys who are bored with their wives and they're f both fucking around on the side. They get together to hang out and then they discuss downstairs that they're going to switch. Uh, well, actually they're having a drink at a bar and mm -hmm. he's like, Hey, you know, your girl, your wife's a Fox man. He's like, really? Uh, she's actually not that great, but your <laughs> wife on the other hand, wow, man, she's really fucking hot. And so basically it's like, hey, how about if we swap wives? And he's like, you know, we can't do that. And he's like, well, when they're in bed, we'll just sneak into each other's bedroom when we're <laughs> hanging out. And then you fuck my wife, I'll fuck yours. So they do that. And then, 
you know, he's talking to his wife and she's like, Oh baby, you were so good last night. You're so, how'd you get so big? You know, you put it in my, you know, put it in my ass and just all this stuff. (laughs) And he gets upset and then he's then, you know, it's just this kind of goofy thing where then they go to this mask ball and, you know, they they have, you know, they play around and um, they kind of get their, you know, it's really funny because it's almost like the Superman thing when people are wearing their when Superman's wearing his glasses, he's not Superman. Right, right. They have something like that in the movie that's really fucking funny. It's like, you know. But anyways, uh, not that it would be very spoilery, but I still don't want to give it away because it is pretty funny. Um, but just the dialogue alone in this movie, there, there's obviously a lot of sexy time and, you know, it's it's actually not that bad. But um, the highlight of this movie is the the banter between the two leads. Yeah, um, definitely something something definitely worth it if you enjoy these types of movies um, the dialogue alone is top notch for a pornographic film, like exactly what you want to hear where it's like, it's just pure comedy and just the delivery and kind of the cheese ball, uh, lines that they say and just goofy shit. It's totally worth it a hundred percent. So I was really, I was actually, you know, this is a nice little surprise because, um, you know, sometimes we get the really serious, pornos and then sometimes we just get kind of laugh out loud just goofy pornos and and that's the type of stuff that i like i like to laugh at the kind of the almost situational pornos Mm -hmm. so um it's a sitcom it's a sitcom porn sit sit porn (laughs) there you go except it's 75 minutes but definitely um you know actually Susie randall is uh, uh the director of it so if you know, um, you know, her work, she's obviously been around for, um, you know, quite some time. And I don't know if like I, with these movies, I really want to know if um, like if who writes these movies you know, because you, you got you got to think that right, you know yeah. you have you have situations. It's like, hey, how about you? You have a clogged pipe under your sink, and this guy comes in. He's going to unclog your pipes. You guys just go, and she's like, "Oh my god, I can't! My sink doesn't work. Your clogs are your you know your your pipes are clogged, baby." I got the perfect wrench for that. <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah, here it is. You know, that's kind of what we're used to. But I mean, there's long sequences of dialogue uh, with these with these characters, and I I mean, it's like if you write this, what could you do outside of the spectrum of making like a comedy? Because I, I feel know. that I mean, some of these people could be. You know, writing under assumed names for this for these films. You know it's what I mean? true. It's true. I mean, I, not not that I think that fucking you know John Hughes wrote the fucking movie. Well, no, or but I mean Wes Craven did an, <laughs> an adult yeah. film. Yeah, it's true. Name. But it's just like one of those things where I would really like to see, you know, something come from something come from this. Like whoever wrote this actually maybe wrote a sex comedy. From right. the eighties, right. so I really think they could pull it off. But anyways, Su- Susie Randall, she she's been around for. I mean, she's a 
photographer for uh, Playboy and stuff, and then she, you know, became a um, a director, and she's still around, man. She's like probably in her seventies or something. Wow. But yeah, she. Um, I mean, she has her own website, and you can. I mean, she's very popular in the porn community. So, uh, ha- seeing this movie, um, you know, with her behind the camera, and it's always kind of different when you have female. Uh, directors. It's not too common, just like the horror industry. Um, that's horror, by the way. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't know, there's a different, different aspect. And I, I think I kind of like how they really focus on kind of these dumbass guys. Yeah. You know, I, I, I it's, it's an enjoyable film. It was almost delightful at times. So, but anyways, I, I give Unveiled definitely two thumbs up. So. Wow. All right. Moving along uh, mm. to this next set. Here we go. All Night at the Pono. 12-unit continuous show. You got All-American Hustler, Colonel Go-Around, Succula, Homer the Latecomer. I, uh, so the story with these is like this This was like a, a kind of a storefront theaters, you know, that in, in L.A. that were operating in the early 70s apparently. And I guess what they wanted to, wanted to do with this release is kind of emulate the a, a one they, they, day's they want, program, yeah. right? Like yeah, a, they, basically- they wanted to give you um, kind of a taste of what – because what, what they're referring to is um, when they when they say this, this, the storefront, you know, you had – you know, let's just say um, 42nd Street. You had, you know, these big theaters that would have lines down the street playing Deep Throat. And you had everybody from p- kids trying to sneak in to grandma to people on a date going to these theaters, watching these, you know, pornographic films. Well, then you had a lot of these other theaters that would just run porn all the da- all day. And they were cheap. So sometimes these movies ran from 10 minutes, almost like a scene, to, you know, an hour. And it was almost like independent. Mm -hmm. You know, I I mean, some of these films, no one knows who these people are. No one, there's no credits. There's no nothing. There's no director. There's absolutely complete when he's just anonymous is everything is just anonymous um, because it's like these people would make these films like on, you know, eight millimeter, 16 millimeter d- develop them and then sell them to these storefront uh, porno theaters just to run. That's what if, and the, yeah. the, the researching it, that's kind of what it was like. So, what they wanted to do, uh, Vinegar Syndrome, they kind of, you know, you're right. They wanted to emulate kind of that feel like, hey, I go in, I'm horny at 7 p.m. I'm going <laughs> to pay like $2 to go watch 12 hours of pornographic cinema in the theater. And that's exactly what it's like. It's basically a marathon, just like as you would do like a 12-hour horror marathon. You got a bunch of movies playing. Well, that's exactly what this is. But however, they just range from five minutes to an hour. Um, you know, some of the films you may have heard of, uh, you know, some faces might be popular and there's just a lot of, am- it's almost like you're watching it like amateur porn. That's what it would be like, huh. you know, nowadays, like people, uh, you know, cause 
let's get a little nasty here for a second. There's a website called Clips for Sale where people can film their own porno in the privacy of their own home, put it online for 10 bucks for people to download it, and they make money. That's kind of how this independent amateur horror uh, – this uh, amateur industry is – you know, independent industry is working. And it always has, but it's just different ways to make money from it. And back then, this is kind of what it was like. So I think a lot of these films, they don't have – when it starts, the movie just starts. There's no credits. There's It will open up with dialogue or a scene, and then it will say the end, and that's it. And even Vinegar Syndrome doesn't know who is in this. So you might be watching and might catch grandma on one of these movies. Who knows? <laughs> so um, you know, that's what I was looking for. I was like looking for family members the whole time I was watching this movie or these movies. So um, – there are 12 unit continuous shows. This is – it is 12 hours because it is 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. The discs are amazing. Like this set, you open it up. You have what looks like old uh, pornographic, uh, you know, kind of um, just the stuff that you would see on the side of the street back in the 70s where you would just have, um, you know – just promotional things for each theater telling what pornos are coming, what they're doing. Um, some of these titles are actually even films that um, vinegar syndrome has released, but the discs they're not even labeled with the movies. It just says 7 PM to 11 PM, 11 PM to 3 AM and 3 AM to 7 AM. <laughs> and you watch, um, like I said, everything from, um, a five five minute actually this says twelve but they're not there's more than twelve there's more than twelve movies because yeah I, yeah because yeah, of all the shorts and stuff I'd imagine yeah I don't see some of this stuff on here so um, I'm not gonna obviously go through all this because I don't even know if our listeners enjoy a lot of this stuff um, <laughs> well, what were the highlights let let us let us know away from this well um. I'll just cover it as as uh, as a whole for the most part. Um, I think this is definitely one of the most clever um, things that Vinegar Syndrome has done and one of the most enjoyable um, things just because of the experience. Because it really, it really gives you that feel because they found these prints from everywhere, like I said, five minutes to an hour of these films. I mean, we have, um, you know, I'll just run through them like, the girl acrobatics is, um, I think one of the film, I, I remember reading like the, the girl that's in it is uh, popular, but it's about this guy who just goes in does a handstand, gets a blow job. Um, <laughs> every is, it, and it's all simulated sex. Like there's no penetration. There's no nothing. It's like four minutes long. Uh, super weird. Um, Homer, the late Comer comer is super fucking weird. It is basically this huge chubby character. I don't even know if there's dialogue in the movie. I can't remember any. Um, you see poop um, on buttholes <laughs> in that one. That is super weird. Um, erotic point of view is pretty interesting. There's um, uh, It's a POV of a guy that's interviewing uh, people and then ends up having sex with them. And it's not like casting couch. It almost feels like these people are real. 
it doesn't feel like it's set up all that much. Like, obviously, to say, hey, can I interview you and then watch you guys screw or can I have sex with you? And it's like, yeah, sure. That's kind of what it's like. Um, Orgy in the Woods, super weird. Um, just to everything's weird in this, <laughs> by the way. Um, so I'll stop saying weird. Uh, Orgy in the Woods, just sex. Uh, the Playboys was uh, entertaining because John Holmes is in it, and it's he's very, very young. He has no beard, no mustache. Um, it's basically just this guy um, banging girls and cheating on his girlfriend. Uh, Succula is definitely one of the highlights of this because um, uh, George Flower, known as Buck Flower, who plays basically in every John Carpenter movie and always plays a drunk in every single movie he's in. Um, he's in it. And this is actually um, directed by, uh, I think it was Anthony Spinelli directed this one, I want to say. And Anthony Spinelli is um, the director of like uh, Sex World and stuff like that. So Succula is a comedy like this uh, Dracula, obviously, comedy. Uh, George Buckflower's Buckflower narrates kind of uh, in between segments. He it's just super fucking funny. Like he just says weird things. He kind of sets up scenes um, and just has a weird ending all around. Um, the big snatch is one of the, just a roughie. That's not very good. Um, I, I can't remember some of the other ones now, but it, most of them, I mean, they're just very, it's exactly what you're going to get into. Like when you watch one, you kind of saw them all in that sense, but they're, all from different, like they're all from the seventies, like between, I think, I think they said from 70 to 73, which is interesting because all the production values are extremely different. And most of them are shot obviously on 16 millimeter. Some are on 35, but it's just interesting to watch kind of something as horrible looking as orgy in the woods or Homer, the late comer to see something as, shot differently as something like succula or um uh they had uh Amer all american hustler where they look completely different so it, it's fun to watch the production values also just seeing this it's almost like collaborative short films together from from filmmakers of you know the pornographic area in this in the 70s just putting everything together and just watching it straight. And I obviously didn't watch 12 hours straight. Um, oh, you didn't do it. You didn't, didn't just pull no, them all. I didn't just watch them all. No, 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 no. I, 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 I went through them slowly. Um, you know, and some of the sex scenes, obviously some of these sex scenes are like 20 minutes long. Um, and I, I fast forward through most, most of it because it's literally like 10 minutes just of an extremely up close, uh, you know, penetration scene. And it's like, I'm not getting anything from this at all. And it's <laughs> frankly, it's wasting my time. Um, right. So, exactly. That's how I but, feel with most of these. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the stuff in between are, is pretty interesting. Right. And I, I really think it's a truly a great set. I don't know if this will necessarily sell well, um, but I it's would just, definitely. It's such a cool idea, though. And, it and, is. And they did it, go all out with the, the packaging's fantastic. Yeah. Um, with the cardboard and how, and you know, you pull it out, you pull it out and there's, yeah, you know, you got the three discs yeah. in there and I mean, it's, it's, it's a really cool looking, it's clever, you know, it's, it's and it's interesting. It's definitely yeah. one of the most 
interesting uh, things that they have done. I guess I if, if you collect kind of – if you're into collecting oddities and things like that, this is definitely – This is definitely one of them. This something. is super – like I've said, reiterated, like, and I've said it a thousand times, it's weird. Um, and so I don't know how well this would sell if they continue to do this, but I would like to definitely see one from the 80s, like mm. early 80s, just to see kind of the difference. Um, but – I mean, obviously, they also did this because I'm sure that they have a shit ton of stuff laying around that they can't actually put out on disc, you know, because how are you going to put a five minute, you know, aerobic or acrobatic <laughs> handstand blowjob movie out? That's no penetration or money shot. True. You know, what are you going to do with that? Unless I did put on an exploitation. Well, it seems like TV. if they have so much in the vaults, we're probably going to see more of these. You know, yeah. it's one of those things, you know. Uh, that they might as well. So cool, man. Yeah. I, I highly recommend it if you're into weird shit and let us know too, like ab- about this, you know, vinegar. Cause I mean, we like talking about it cause, um, personally I do because it's super weird. I know Sean is, uh, kind of, you know, he's getting his feet wet in some of this stuff. This is all scientific, uh, and, research. Basically. And we're, and we're getting in like, you know, I really want you to see something like a, a well-made, like, um, I wish we could have covered corruption basically. Well, yeah, but I, I, I watched it. I, I talked about it on the show. Um, yeah. and, but that one, I even, that was like the first one. So that was kind of a shock, but even thinking back on it, I see, uh, the kind of in a weird way, the value in it. And even, even sex world, I think that one had actually had something to say. And there's, you know, I mean, I've been married on, uh, it'll be 12 years this year. So that actually had the thing weird, you know, kind of, ob, uh, observations on marriage and a marriage relationship. And, you know, when you've been with someone a long time and everything, like there was like some clever things in that film that, you know, you put everything else aside, you know, you, the, there's a, there's something there, something tangible yeah. there, something that, that can connect with people and, and kind of be entertaining, you know, and, and funny and, you know, and shocking. So, you know, so I've seen a couple, and I know that they're, they're out there and, and, you know, it's just, I'm not, I'm not against explicit stuff. I mean, like I said, I've been, you know, I've been married 12 years. It's like, this is just, um, this stuff isn't a shock to me. Um, but it's like when it's, when I want to sit down to watch a film, I'm like, I kind of want the film to get to a point. Like, what's the point of this? You know, let's get to it. I'm not, you know, you'll see. I don't need to see like a, like a 20 minute sex scene. You know you'll what I mean? See. So, you'll get there, but you, you'll, you'll, we'll, we'll catch something that's, uh, that's, I, I mean, what we need to do so I can sell everybody on it again is we need to talk about the telephone book. One of my, yeah, yeah, yeah. by far my favorite release by vinegar syndrome. And I think you would really, 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 I need, really I need to watch that. Um, I've almost bought it like five times. Book. Dude, just do it. <laughs> like do it right now. When you're on the show. Okay. All right. Just fucking All buy right. it. Like it's truly a work of fucking art as a sexploitation movie. It is fucking cute. It is funny. It is sexy. It is weird. It is super fucking raunchy. Um, there's animation in it. That's really bizarre. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's just, it's everything. It's truly one of the best things that I've, I I mean, it would hit my like top 10, I think uh, during like 2014, like new, new films. And I, I think about it all the time and I show it to everybody I can. I'm just like, this is, 
is something truly special. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I can't wait until you come across literally something like that. <laughs> we will the see. Puns, I mean, I just can't I, get enough puns during. I'm show. hopeful. Like I'm, I'm, I am hopeful and, and you'll get it. So here, here's what I, I almost wanted to email them and I'm going to, I'm going to, cause I, you know, I know the guys listen to the show sometimes and they may be listening to this right now, but, I'm, but, but someone like me who loves vinegar syndrome, but is not all about collecting the sexy time ones, but wants to get some sort of bundle. I would love, and I, I guess they're not doing, um, hold on a second. Let me grab this look at real quick. You're grabbing what? Your dick? Grab, I'm just grabbing this gigantic thing right here. No, um, if they had some sort of like a couple options for packages, right? For you have the standard, you know, vinegar syndrome package, which features basically one, or two titles, uh, either horror or, you know, exploitation and then a couple sexy time ones. But if there was another option where they would, but I guess they're not releasing enough etiquette pictures, but once they're, you know, kind of going I through with the etiquette pictures, that it's been kind of silent. Yeah. It, it'd be, it'd be a bundle, a non adult bundle, a non X rated bundle would be fantastic for people yeah. like me, you know, and they kind of do that on their, in, in a way they kind of do that with exploitation TV. they, they right. label it as X-rated. No, yeah. I agree with you. Like, I mean, but, but, you know, it but is I, kind of a. It is very different from what they have. I mean, we have a black exploitation film. <laughs> you know, we have this seventies all night at the Pono thing, and then we have Trashy Lady. Like, and sometimes we even have horror titles thrown in there. So I, I'm kind of curious, um, you know, as listeners, because obviously we have a lot of listeners that that buy um, Vinegar Syndrome titles. Like, do you enjoy the pornographic films too? And and let Vinegar Syndrome know. Do, do you enjoy them? Have this, has this opened your eyes to a different side of cinema, like it did me? I mean, mm-hmm. Vinegar Syndrome is the cause of me liking this stuff because I never watched this stuff until eventually it came on my doorstep, and <laughs> I I was like, okay, um, I don't know really what to do with this. Do I watch it? And I did, and I was like, man, there's something, something, I mean, obviously I picked a good title to be start with. But, what was I the mean, first one you started with? Uh, mine was um, uh, the the telephone book. Oh, okay. So I, I was like, uh, which it was not porno, but mm-hmm. I mean, still, it was, you know, something, something out there. And I, I watched it, and then I was like, okay. And the next title I watched was Marilyn and the Senator. Um. And I watched that and I was like, you know, it's a two hour movie and like two hour and 10 minutes. It's ridiculous. Wow. Long. And Bill Marigold is the, the lead in it. And he's, you know, fucking hilarious. But there's so much weird shit going on in the movie and so entertaining. You know, just the kind of the sex scenes blew by. And during the sex scenes, funny stuff was happening. Like there's a scene where Bill Marigold is standing by the fireplace and his girlfriend wants to give him a blowjob. But for some reason, there's a full chicken. A cooked chicken on the mantle, and he just picks it up and he starts eating this cooked full chicken while he's getting a blowjob. And like the chicken grease is on his face, he's eating wings, tearing it off, just eat devouring this chicken while getting a blowjob. And I was like, this is the most odd thing I've ever seen in my life. Like it just felt like you know I've seen some weird shit, but I've never seen that. I mean, but that's inspired. You know, that is brilliant. That's a brilliant scene. Um, so watching that, I was like, man, this, you know, this is so like we have 
you know, it's because the same thing as I was watching like 19, Night Train to Terror because I've already seen that, but you know, it was released on Blu-ray. So I'm watching Night Train to Terror, Night Train to Terror, um, telephone book in Maryland Center. I was like, this is fucking great. Like this is the weirdest like little barrage of movies, and just so different. And that, that's what really turned me on to it because I, you know, yeah. I was watching films like that. I mean, then I come across Hot and Saucy Pizza Girls, and my life changed. I was like, <laughs> this is this is the, one of the most fun. This movie's hilarious. Like, if you took the sex out of this movie, this would be one of the top sex comedies of the eighties. Like, mm. this is great. Um, so yeah, I mean, they definitely opened my eyes to a different type of cinema. I mean, obviously. You know, stuff like Trashy Lady and, and some of the other titles. I'm like, okay, it is okay. You know, no big deal. I, I think I was kind of on the fence with like Blue Ice, kind of the same thing. Yeah. But a lot of crazy shits in Blue Ice, yeah, so yeah. It, it makes you want to watch it more. Yeah. I, I just really, I'm not a big fan of the just the standard straight pornos where there's 20 minute sex scenes and two minutes of dialogue. I'm not really into that. Um, but anyways, I, I think with our listeners, I would really like to know, does this ha- do you enjoy this type of thing? Do you enjoy these movies? And, you know, let Vinegar Syndrome know. I mean, if not, maybe they can develop a uh, package for non-porno. Right. Or, and you and know, it's, it's, it's stupid to me to think that it would be just for like just for me, but it – you know, no, I, I think I think I don't think you're alone on that because I, I've I've talked to people before and they're like, eh, the, I'm not really into the 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 whole porno thing. And the thing is, is that porn's porn. When you talk about it. you mentioned porno, the very first thing that pops in your head is like Jenna Jameson having sex. Mm-hmm. So not for me, at least. Um, but anyways, <laughs> you know, porno, porno, you, you think, oh, porno. Oh, yeah. You watch people. Fuck. Well. You know, there's different caliber. There's a whole range of different types of porno. I mean, we have everything from like sex exploitation to you know hardcore roughies to mm-hmm. you know kind of the well-made like stuff like corruption and trashy lady. You know, it, it's different, all different scale of stuff. So, I you know, give it a shot just to see what you think. The titles that I mentioned, like you know, Hot and Sassy Pizza Girls, Telephone Book, I would start off with those, and then and then kind of go from there. Um, I, I really think people can get into it if, if you're open to it. Um, and, and you like, like, if you like cinema, if you like movies, you know, stuff like corruption and, um, you know, uh, telephone book and, uh, hot and saucy pizza girls, I really think those can get it. Dracula sucks is another good one. Um, I think those can really get, get you into it, mm-hmm. uh, for, for the most part. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think they're, you know, maybe look into different options. I, I think that would be a cool thing for Vinegar Syndrome to do, unless this is something that is a major seller for them. Right. Uh, may, maybe right. this is what people want and you are alone. I could be alone. I you do want to know, though, like, uh, I'm, 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 I'm craving some more, uh, Etiquette Pictures titles. And I know that they were yeah. going to, they're doing a few of the black exploitation through vinegar syndrome label but i weren't they going to be putting they're going to be putting sweet sweetback's badass song on etiquette pictures correct yeah they are okay i think it's more like films that had a bigger impact or artsy fartsy right and 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 the ones they choose are so fantastic um yeah the three right now is a catch my soul yeah um american dreamer which dude it is very syndrome podcast right now that's happening 
fucking watch American Dreamer. That's amazing. Literally one of the best documentaries you've ever seen in your fucking life. Yeah. It's so fucking good. And then um yeah, some uh, some call it loving, which is Yeah, some call it loving, which is a great film. It's it's a, it's a yeah. beautiful film. I mean, I the, but I think that's kind of you know, we just talked about those three. I, that's kind of vinegar syndrome style. I mean, next with this Maypack, we have, you know, Rudy Ray Morse follow-up to mm-hmm. Dolomite, the Human Tornado. We have Psychic Killer that's fucking great, by yeah, the way. And then we have the new two new uh Picoramas, which are pretty much, you know, straight porno. So, I mean, you have black exploitation, this like horror drama thriller, and then two pornos. I don't know. I, I that's variety, and I, I think people like variety, and that's something they provide. But variety, you know, is the maybe spice not. Life. Maybe not everybody's into the P P and the V. Well, I'm into the P and the V. It'd just rather be, well, you know. Yeah, obviously, you'd just rather be, be the. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let dude. We need to talk some Rudy Ray Moore and some Dolomite. Mm, I like the way you say it too. You sound, Dolomite. I mean, how? Dolomite. What, what are you going to say? Like Dolomite? No, you got to say. You got to give the inflection on Dolomite. Thing, it's almost like. Um, What's that dynamite type? <laughs> yeah. Dynamite, but anyways. Oh man, 1975. Rudy Ray Moore's first jump into cinema. He was he had these like stand up was it stand up or poetry albums where he would he appear had, yeah. like naked with naked women on the cover of the LPs. Yeah, he was <laughs> he was uh, had this like kind of this pimp persona. <laughs> yeah, you know. So um, yeah, it's. It's weird, like from from him starting to, um, you know, because I think he started he started doing stuff like when he was in the army or something, and then he started doing like comedy clubs mm-hmm. and everything like that, and then doing kind of music and everything. Like that. But he was doing this shit like in the fifties, yeah, like the late fifties. He started out as um, kind of a comedian, and then uh, slowly in the seventies building it up and then he created this uh character dolomite uh, sorry dolomite dolomite and then he just he kind of like blew up because that's what the character he was doing on these records right he was doing the dolomite character right right and and that was his most popular thing it's almost like a saturday night live skit that got too popular they made into a movie right um, but he's got to do his like stand up, which he does in the movie, and it's so fucking weird. I still can't <laughs> get into it. But anyways, um, you know, and this came out during the time with you know stuff with uh, you know you had um, you know Richard Pryor, you had you know uh, Cosby, you had Red Fox. So and you also had this is the fucking seventies, right? So this is like your segregation time. So you know you had you know these black people making black movies for black people you had black the birth of black exploitation but also you had you know rhythm and blues artists you yeah. had singers you had rappers then you had comedians and that's kind of where all this started well, from black exploitation had been going on had been exploded in like what 72 73 i feel like yeah so this is definitely one of the films that really kickstarted it because it was a comedy well this was but kind of, was, this was 75 so this was kind of like halfway through you know the black exploitation. Oh, I see what you. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It, it you know, because before we had things like you know Hammer, um, Truck Turner, 
more of uh, more of the kind of like the hard hitting. Yeah, you know what I mean, well, I was mostly talking about as far as comedies go. This right. is kind of what kickstarted the whole. You know, we can be funny too. Let's just not put down the man the whole time, but we also have to be kind of a badass. Oh yeah. So, um, you know, kind of definitely take, um, you know, kind of all those elements that were popular or they were trying to kind of do their own thing and they just meshed them all together. Cause you have Kung Fu, you mm-hmm. have, um, you know, pimps, you have, uh, hoes, you have money, <laughs> you have pimps uh-huh. and pimps and pimps, and you have, uh, comedic breakdowns and stand up during the movie. Full on musical um, interludes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just, I don't know. It's just, it's just everything. And it's, it, it is, it is, Great. Well, I like, think that's what makes that. I think that's what makes Dolomite so special. I think is the combination of everything, and that it doesn't take itself too seriously. I mean, it's it, it's it's the story. I mean, I feel like most parodies, like um, oh gosh, um, I'm having a brain fart here. What's the what's that that parody? That that came out recently, a few years back of Black Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite was definitely uh, had a lot of parody. You know, it was basically there's a lot of Dolomite stuff in Black Dynamite for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So the the setup to Dolomite is he's in jail. He gets called (laughs) in by the warden to. they feel like maybe they locked up the wrong guy because they locked him up and there's still drugs and there's still guns on the streets. And his nephew gets shot. Uh, and so he basically gets released to work with, uh, the, I don't know if that's how law enforcement works. No, by the no, way. they release him to Queenie B. Really to Queenie B. Yep. Is her name, her name's Queenie B, right? Queenie, yeah. Yep. And, um, so he needs to find out how these guns and drugs are still on the street. Who's responsible. And he thinks he and, knows. And they kind of tell him right away. Yeah. Will, <laughs> Willie Green. This <laughs> <laughs> isn't like, a mystery. Hey, Dolomite. Do you know who Willie Green is? <laughs> yeah. I know that motherfucker. Yeah. So he has to basically take down, uh, take down Willie Green. And he, he makes the, the great thing is like as soon as he's out of prison, he changes out of oh his God. horrible suit, changes into a good suit, these good old polyester white suit. Bitch, you bring me these goddamn cotton drawers. You know, I don't wear no cotton drawers <laughs> and proceeds to get a ride and some, uh, and some sexy time with uh, a few of the Dude, ladies. He's like fucking in the car, getting dressed. <laughs> And then gets pulled, like, ends up killing people, like, two minutes <laughs> yeah, after. It's ridiculous. Because <laughs> uh, I'm watching this, and I'm like, did he just kill those motherfuckers? Like, <laughs> did he just straight up, like, he's just out of prison, and they get harassed by these white folk pulled over. Mm. Fucking and the next, man. You know, it's called the man, Sean. White man. That's, no, and no, just the man. that white man to dance. It's just the man. The man. <laughs> But it's this Damn. movie is like endlessly entertaining, and I think it was it was weirder than I thought it would be. You know, I, I was thinking it's, I was in it's for like odd. it's odd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just because mainly it's just it it's almost a genre mashup for black exploitation because, yeah. like I said, it's it has kind of this you know gangster thing where it's like, hey man, we need you. We thought it was bad when you were on the streets. It's mm-hmm. worse now. You need to get out and fix it, even though you're a gangster. And then there's comedy, 
and it kind of completely goes away from the the shooting and 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 killing right. to him just doing stand up in a parking lot for like 15 minutes. Yep. And and then it's like, you know, I don't know, it's it's, it's so funny because it doesn't know what it wants to be, but it never it it's it's odd, but it doesn't feel like wrong. Like everything is meshed together very well. Yeah. For the most part, but I mean that's just I think that's the charm of of uh with of Rudy Ray Moore. I think and, this is the and, most and this uh, character. This is the funnest. This one has a good sense of humor, kind of like Superfly kind of had a sense of humor about itself. Yeah, but I mean Superfly was made in a response to like cops and the man. Yeah. Like this this doesn't it only kind of attacks like white people in the sense of just joking around mm-hmm. it's not like mean it's not like you know right. you're uh you know you right. white motherfucker it's more or less you know he says that rat soup eating honky motherfucker you know <laughs> but i i don't know I, I think this is definitely more fun it's just not you know um it's almost for everybody, it seems like, you know, a lot of black exploitation films were, were geared towards the black community. I think with this in particular, it was kind of open to anybody that did, did like Rudy Ray Moore. You can enjoy it. Yeah. Now he wrote this, right? Rudy Ray Moore wrote it. He produced it. Um, Dude, that's why the movie's so weird is because he was everything. There, there's a, there's an interview with him. It's like it's almost uh, they took like three different interviews and they spliced them together. Uh, him telling like his the, the story how you know his career and it's fantastic because he's like still playing that Dolomite character <laughs> like, even today in these interviews. Oh, you're saying back? Okay, Rudy Ray Moore. I mean, there's like a few interviews. There's like a recent one. I don't know if it was filmed for this, but there was one before, and then the one was almost looked like VHS quality. No, he died. Um, he died a few years ago. Oh, did he? Okay. He, yeah, My he, bad. he died. Um, I was just gonna say it's definitely not recent. Okay. He died. Uh, I don't know. He died in the late two thousands. I think. Okay. Well, so it's, it's one of the more. Uh, there must be an interview that they did in the two thousands. But it's, it's great hearing him talk about his his career and everything. And and but I never realized that he was kind of responsible for this whole thing. Like he wrote the thing. He came up with the screenplay or with the story. Yeah, obviously, he probably didn't write the screenplay, but um, so he produced it, wrote it, and starred in the thing. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, he he came with his with buddy who Willie Green, guy who plays Willie Green, is actually the director of the movie. Okay, okay. Who's Derville a veteran? Martin Derville. Yeah, Martin. A, a veteran in black exploitation cinema. I mean, he's in fucking everything. But you know, from a bit part to kind of a kind of a co lead, he's. Um, I mean, he's in he's in all of uh, he's in um, uh, fuck uh, Fred Williamson's uh, um, uh, Nigger Charlie, mm-hmm. his his uh, you know Boss Nigger Legend Nigger Charlie. Um, there's a third one, uh, the the soul of Nigger Charlie, and then I mean, er, like every Fred Williamson movie from Hammer to Black Caesar, like he shows up everywhere. Um, so yeah, it was nice to, you know, this is kind of his chance to, you know, he made all those movies and then he directed, 
uh, Rudy Ray Moore. So that's kind of, I think that's kind of the peak of his career. Like he really worked kind of towards that. And he took everything that he's, you know, kind of been in because he's around the block in black exploitation yeah. cinema for a while and kind of funneled all of that into this movie. I think that's the reason why it's so fun. And it is a mixed genre is because, you know, Derville Martin came from all of his stuff with kind of the badassery from Fred Williamson and even some of the goofiness that's in like Black Caesar and Hammer and just kind of corniness uh, stuff, even like Hell Up in Harlem. Um, stuff like that. Uh, I mean, he's just, I think he is the reason why this worked because I think Rudy Ray Moore is just wants the camera on himself and just kind of does stand up. Uh-huh. And I think that he really took it this route to make, um, a very memorable black exploitation film rather than, cause I think, I honestly, I think it would have been kind of, a um, you know, cause when you give filmmakers a chance to write, direct and star in their own stuff, it becomes all about them sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think with him behind the camera, he kind of took that in different directions. Cause you can kind of tell Rudy Ray Moore from his interviews and everything is over. Right. And that's just, (laughs) that's his personality and it's fine. It's, it's nothing to, you know, nothing bad with him, but I mean, from everything from his movies, from Petey Wheatstraw to human tornado and, you know, he's done some others. I actually have the box set of his like of his movies. Disco Godfather, yeah, Disco Godfather. And I mean, he's and he came back as Dolomite, like kind of in the late '90s and stuff. Yeah, it's weird. He, he had two like uh, like sequel like after uh, yeah Human Tornado, right? Well, I'm saying like in the '90s. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Legend of yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. He he came back yeah. um, as as Dolomite. Yeah, yeah. It was like ninety eight or something like that. He was in it. <laughs> I mean, he 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 showed up every now and then. But if you would have gave everything to him, he would have just made it about himself, and it probably wouldn't have been as entertaining. Um, so I'm glad that he didn't <laughs> direct the movie. Um, but I, I think for the most part, um, this is definitely one of the more memorable ones because it is fun. Yeah. You know, because a lot of these movies, it's like, man, Fred Williamson's a badass. Like, you know, um, you watch these movies, and it's like, man, they're really, like, they're really making a message at, yeah. with this movie. But, you know, Sweet Sweetback's badass song, man, they're really saying something. This one was just like, we just like what we're doing, and yeah. we're just going to do what we want. Well, and, and the villain wasn't this, this secretive white man. It, it was, you know, a fellow black man, you yeah. know, who was just a rival kind of pimp or or, or uh i don't know if he's a pimp was he a pimp too w- willie green was he a pimp or he, he was more interested in the uh in the uh the bar and stuff right no yeah he was he i don't think he was too much into the the, the club the he pimp, wanted to take over the club but but yeah so the main villain isn't you know isn't a, a, an evil white man there are evil white men in the film but yeah you know that's not and that the point isn't to be all of uh against that you know so he's he's uh, he was up against his own. Some of my favorite things in in this film, um, Queen Bee is pretty great, played by Lady Reed. I think she was she was a someone he knew in real life. Like she was wasn't really an actress. And she oh, dude, kinda, all these people are friends. Yeah, friends. It, 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 that's I think that's the extremely positive side to this is because everybody's in it for the same reason. Yeah, you know, and they're there to make a movie. To they are there to spread a message, but they're all there to do the same thing. Like money really isn't a factor 
or making a great movie or the cinematography has to be perfect. It's just a bunch of friends making movies. And we have that these days too. And yeah. those end up being some of our favorites. Yeah. Yeah. So no, an- another favorite thing of mine um, was the Reverend Reverend Gibbs. <laughs> who, who's, you know, basically like a black Panther type speech going on in the church. <laughs> then the white police walk in and he goes into like an invocation type, like, Oh Lord, they, you know, with the, uh, that he has a, uh, of course, guns stashed in the church. You know, that, that those were given fantastic. as gifts. <laughs> yeah. Those are gifts for the church. <laughs> uh, and then Dolomite's women. I, I love the cover of this because it's Rudy Ray Moore, Dolomite with his, all girl army of kung fu killers. Yes, they're all trained kung fu. Bone crushing, skull splitting, brain blasting action. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, could you sell me any more? The answer <laughs> is no. Like, Jesus Christ! Isn't there a scene where he goes in and all the women are are all the you know? I mean, they're all prostitutes, but they're also trained in kung fu. And isn't there a scene when they're all training and she's like, "Oh, this is where they train." Yeah, I know, <laughs> dude. It's it's so it's so weird. It's so weird. Oh, um, but I mean, everything from the the wine liners that Dolomite says, yeah, are, are they're great. perfect. Oh I mean, every like line of dialogue, it's just some of it's like off the fucking wall too. Put this hush puppy up your motherfucking ass. Oh yeah, yes. it's, man, move over, let me yes. pass before I shove these motherfucking hush or pull pull these motherfucking hush puppies out of your ass. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, whenever he goes in these dial those dialogues, and you, you can almost tell like those were made up on the spot. They had to have been. Yeah, let's talk about the stand up in the parking lot. Yes. So Dolomite gets out, and they're like, "Man, this is Dolomite. Dolomite, do some stand up." This goes on for fucking ten fucking minutes. I where may he or may starts, not have fast forwarded a little bit. He, he starts talking about two people on the Titanic. <laughs> And it's all rhymes, and eventually it just kind of just goes into a different tangent of people. Like, it starts off with two people on this ship hitting the iceberg and floating away and then their lives afterwards. But it's it's not – it's uncomfortable because he – it's like a poem. So it's like if you were like, roses are red, violets are blue. Then everybody just starts laughing hysterically. And then he says the next line and then everybody laughs hysterically. And then he says another and it just keeps going and going and going. And it's like you're grabbing your hair and you're like, when is this going to end? Because this doesn't feel like it's part of the movie. This is mainly like, hey, uh, Derville, can I do my stand up now? Like that's like the whole point of making the movie was for this scene. And then he does it twice as well, which is super fucking funny because it just, it keeps going and going and it's just, it is completely out of place. But at the same time, it's just, you just can't look away. It's like a train wreck because it's not funny at the same time. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, like I said, it, it's like so much is it's like a genre mashup and it's out of place, but it doesn't feel like it's not jarring to no. the point where it takes you away from the movie. It's just that's Dolomite. Like as soon as you watch it and you have that opening, it's like <laughs> fucking Rudy Ray Moore looks like he's fucking high as fuck in the beginning <laughs> yeah. of this movie. 
Like he obviously is. Like he, like everybody's probably fucking doing drugs on the set. In some and scenes, his just, eyes are open more than others. Dude, his that. eyes are shut. <laughs> yeah. a lot of the movie. And you know, it's just like he in the fucking creeper. Like that guy's got to be on drugs. Like I'm, I'm afraid they're really shooting up heroin in that scene. <laughs> like I mean, he even says, uh, "What's what's the thing?" He says. He's man, I'm so badass. I gotta kick my ass two times a day. <laughs> um, but like, I think with with that at like that aspect of it of them acting like that and and being like that, you kind of get the drift of Dolomite in the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when they go out to the car. He's like, you know, open your trunk, man. You got a warrant? I got nothing in there. Open it up, man. You don't want to see in there. I got nothing. And then he opens it up. And it is like has the fur coats and the fur things of cocaine. Drugs, yeah. Someone planted that, man. That ain't mine. I don't know how that got in there. <laughs> it's just like he's, he's he doesn't even sound innocent or is trying to no. sound it. He's just completely denying everything. Uh, oh, man. And then that fight scene in the beginning when he's like he kicks like he touches the cop and the cop falls into the trunk. And mm-hmm. then he what cop gets up and he's got blood all over his face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's 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 class. It's so cheesy, and it's it, it really is. It's a good cheesy of, though. It's not like a not, train wreck cheesy. It's super right. entertaining, and there's just a ton of stuff in this movie that I just I love. Like the uh, the in when he finally has the club back, and he uh, he had that that band playing. I had to take a picture of these two guys. This one guy <laughs> like with the tambourine or whatever, just kind of and get a going back and forth, you know, snapping his fingers. Oh my god! No, I, I know what you're talking about. It's Dude, great. I wanted to take a picture when he first goes home, and the first time he has sex uh-huh. uh, in the bed. <laughs> there's like this statue of this black man's face, yeah, and it's just like this long neck, and I think it's supposed to be Rudy Ray Moore. <laughs> yeah. And and I it's funny. It probably is. I gotta well, watch when it. he's in the creeper's room and he's shooting up heroin. He, the creeper has Dolomite records on the wall, just standing up <laughs> like, you know, it's like, I just, I want to, I want to, I want to be there on the set of them setting up the scenes and probably um, Rudy, Rudy Ray Moore is just telling everybody like, this is what I'm going to do. Right. Like set, you know, set that record up, set, set it up there. And like, everybody's like, no, put it down. You're, you are Dolomite. It's weird because you're promoting your own product in the movie. Well, but, but, but I feel like they kind of in, in that world, like they all know who he is. You know what I mean? Like he, maybe yeah, he, he has is, the records. Well, no, it's true. It is true because yeah. he is, he does stand up. So, but it's never like really said yeah. <laughs> that it is Dolomite. So it's almost like they're breaking like, like almost not a fourth wall, but there are, they're breaking that wall saying, well, he is Dolomite, but he's not really playing the Dolomite character, <laughs> but he is Dolomite. He does stand up, but he's a gangster, but he's right. never done stand up before as this gangster character. Right. And you're like, what? Like, it doesn't make any sense. That's hilarious. But it really is Rudy Ray Moore doing whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. So. I love that he ch- – the, the out, his outfits too, his primp, pimp outfits, especially at the club before he goes to talk to uh, talk to Willie. He gets changed after his performance, then he gets then he gets all dolled up again in oh, another God. suit. Yeah. <laughs> Suits ama- they have like a serious conversation in this suit that is just uh I can't explain it, man. These polyester suits are killing me. <laughs> it's amazing the hat. And the and, and the fight scenes, man, is like this 
Rudy Ray Moore is kind of an out of shape dude. Right. And he's like doing spin kicks <laughs> and like punching people and like the fight scenes like they obviously didn't rehearse it seems yeah. because they're not even touching each other and they're just falling down and I mean it's it's basically equivalent to like um uh this is a bad reference but this is the only thing I can think <laughs> of is in Napoleon Dynamite when they go to the uh the kickboxing thing yeah. and he's barely hitting him because it's just basically a tough guy like you know a bigger guy beating up on little people right that's exactly what it's like he's bare like he just like lifting up his foot as far as he can in these fucking tight polyester pants yep. and like almost like kicking the guy in the nuts but like the guy like flies back. It's 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 so fucking funny. It's great, man. And the the end club, you know, the, the how everything ends. The big brawl in the club is just fantastic, with the kung fu uh, ladies getting involved and and everything that goes down. It it's great, man. If <sighs> I can't believe I is taking me this long to see to see Dolomite. Oh, dude! When when you see, I mean, he plays Dolomite in the Human Tornado. I can't wait to watch Human Tornado. That's the sequel. Yeah, and then of course, I think uh, Vinegar Syndrome's already kind of said they're doing Petey Wheatstraw and Disco Godfather. Nice. Okay. So cool. they're doing those four movies with Rudy Ray Moore, and I think that's it. But this is also part of their um, because whenever they announced Etic Pictures. They announced that their partnership was Xenon yes. as well, which I know a lot of people haven't talked about, but Xenon is specifically a company that released black exploitation movies. So I really hope we fucking get penitentiary and penitentiary too. Um, mm. because that would be a fucking, um, Rudy Ray Moore's in penitentiary too. But I really hope that this is kind of, this really, really kind of sparks interest and we get more films, uh, from Xenon, uh, from vinegar syndrome, because I mean, the fucking transfer on this shit, it looks, it looks great, and they packed it it's with great, uh, with um, yeah. special features. Yep. From um, did you watch? Did you actually watch uh, the Boomite version? Yeah, I, well, I I I I didn't sit and watch it again with the Boomite version, but I did. The Boomite version it, and it's, is fucking hilarious. It's amazing, man. I mean, they have what the it, making of. I mean, there's yeah. so many fucking feature rats on here. Um, it's it it is really great what they put together yeah the making of is great i watched the, i watched all this this you know the documentary stuff you know um it's just great lady read uncut i mean the locations they do then and now and i i, I really want to listen to the historical commentary track by his biographer oh uh, mark jason uh mark jason murray it, it's the Oh, historical commentary track by Rudy Ray Moore's biographer yeah. Mark. Okay, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't actually see that. So yeah. I, I would love. I'm looking forward to watching it again with that on. But the Boom Mike version, like if you're going to watch Dolomite, I honestly I would say watch the Boom Mike version yeah. because it makes the movie just even more, like better. It just makes <laughs> it more entertaining because that thing just shows up. And uh, it's 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 hilarious. It's pretty close to hitting people in the face at some <laughs> yeah. points, and it's it's just really it's just it just adds a new level oh, of man. charm to the movie. It's great because it really is just a bunch of guys like in their back in their in their neighborhood just making a movie. Yeah, it's fantastic, man. They they Finger Syndrome knocked this out of the park. I'm looking forward to their the other things. I know that they're going to be releasing Coonskin. I think that's going to be under Etiquette Pictures. That Ralph Bakshi 
Uh, oh, Ralph Baskey movie. Yeah, Wait, Coonskin is Vinegar Syndrome. That was just released on Blu-ray. Uh, I, no, I, are you sure it's Coonskin? That was just released on Blu-ray oh, not man, too long I, ago. I think it was released on a on another. Uh, am I wrong? Come I on. think you might be. Germany released it. Yeah, no, you know, Etiquette Pictures. What am Ralph, I, what what Ralph Bashke movie am I thinking about that was just released? I don't know, but no, uh, Vinegar Syndrome has I'll find it. Uh, Sweet Sweetback's badass song and Coonskin going to be under um, Etiquette Pictures. So okay, I'm looking My forward bad. to those two for sure. Um, I just yeah, we've been on a there's been a little drought in the Etiquette Picture stuff, but I know that they're probably getting those ready for release. So. Um, because last I saw, they were going to be released in t- late 2015, but we haven't seen anything yet. So yeah, I'm expecting well, I mean, them this year. They're busy, man. That's for oh, one thing. I mean, I mean, we have a company that's putting out monthly. They're putting out more than I mean. Yeah. Just with this, I mean, we have that 12. Those 12 movies, basically. So 12, 13, 14, 15. With this next next week or next month, we have you know, what, six? So, I mean, dude, yeah. name another company that's putting out this many movies a month. Nah, they're, they're doing great work. So, doing I mean, the Lord's work. They're working around the clock. I love when they, they'll post the, uh, on Instagram, just a shot of something in the scanner. Oh, yeah, the scanner. That's one thing that James always says, the scanner's always going. Always going. Because, I mean, even for other people that they work with, you know, they they do they have one of the best scanners in the biz, apparently. Yep. And I mean, they're scanning everything with help an arrow out to massacre video to, um, uh, what's that company that released, uh, like poor pretty Eddie, uh, they released a stranger. They have another company that, I mean, they're working with a lot of people. Well, there's, there's, yeah, their scanner's great. Their stuff looks really good. So, so cool. We did it. We got through the April, uh, the April pack and, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, for sure, looking forward to the, the black exploitation for next uh, in May. We're in May, so this month. So, um, I'll, I'll give the peeps, you know, for science, I'll give the peep shows a shot. <laughs> Peekorama. Peekorama, that's it. Peep show, Peekorama, whatever. All right. Um, it's time for us to do the drawing, man. We got some Magnolia movies to give away. We got to do this and then bounce out of here. Let's do it. We're recording pretty late, and dude, you got to be tired. We got to get this done. Yep. I'm going to choose five names from the hat, and then I'll pull up your guys' emails. The question was, uh, what was your favorite Magnolia uh, slash Magnet release? And um, they were gracious enough to donate uh, five copies of uh, The Last Shift on DVD and then five copies of Tangerine. Yeah, got them right here. Got them right here. So um, we'll be sending these out to you, and um, you guys emailed us with your favorite Magnolia release or magnet release. I would have to say, man. I mean, I've, I was thinking about this, and they they do have a lot that they yeah. released that I like. But I think the one thing that turned me on to Magnet was their DVD of Murder Party. Yeah, and that was kind of like my introduction to Magnet, but then also my introduction to to Jeremy uh, Sollinger. Uh, Solner. Solner. Yeah. Um, introduction to him. So. Yeah, Murder Party's great. I, I think my, my, uh, my, I'm just gonna go with my favorite. 
my favorite um, is definitely Beyond the Black Rainbow, of course. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but next to Eden Log, if you've ever – dude, have you seen Eden Log? You know, I started watching it once, and I and I no. have kind of yeah, in the wrong frame of mind to watch it. So. It's definitely a weird movie, but I thought you might like that because it's kind of science fiction weird ass. Yeah, I, 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 I really want to uh, – I really want to revisit it. So, All right. But anyways. So – Let's As see we were talking, are. they better be good answers because I'll fucking rub shit in this uh, this envelope. <laughs> so I'm going to judge too. I'm going to be really harsh. I'm going to be normal, Dick Brad. Watch. All right. <laughs> Did you just get a little worried there, Sean? No. <laughs> are you trying to pick a I'm name? Picking, we're picking names here. All right, you're gonna pick them one at a time, or you're gonna pick them all at once? What's going on? I picked them all at once. Oh Jesus! No, and as we were talking, I was picking them here. Finished. All right, okay. Let's let's n- fucking go. All right, Jesus Christ! Let me let me pull up my email because I need to I need to find there. Oh the my God! Here. You should have this prepared already. <laughs> all right, so the first one is Ryan M. Ryan M, you can't even give us your fucking name. I, I come did, on, Ryan. I no, no, they did. I just want to, you know. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's true. Because you never know. Yeah, we could have those people that really hate the screencast that try to hunt people down and listen to it. Not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. So, Here what did Ryan, Ryan pick? <clears throat> Ryan picked. My favorite would probably be "I Saw the Devil." Honorary mentions would be World's Greatest Dad, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, Bad Milo, and Hobo with a Shotgun. All right. Ryan is fucking in my cool book. Thank you, Ryan. Ryan, you just won copies of Last Shift, sealed copies of Last Shift and Tangerine on DVD. Awesome. Enjoy them. All right. Next up is Andrew B. Andrew B. Let's fucking hear it, Andrew. I do have you guys' last names. I will be emailing you guys. Um, all right. Here's. I think that my favorite release has got to be Time Crimes. Yes. Not yeah, fucking Nacho Bigalondo. Solid, solid pick. That's a solid pick. What's his name? Andrew? Andrew. Andrew, you're officially in my cool book. You get copies <laughs> of Tangerine Last Shift on DVD. All right. Here we go. Next, Lily. Lily. Lily okay. S. Yes. Uh, her, she says her favorite is Troll Hunter. Fucking Lily, you are a badass mm. too. Troll Hunter's great. Troll Hunter is fucking fantastic. I'll tell you a story about Troll Hunter real quick. Do it. I know you're so super excited. <laughs> so Troll Hunter played at a fantastic fest I was at. No one had any clue what the movie was. Basically, only one person screened it prior. It had no IMDb page. Wow. It wasn't even known. And they screened that, and it was fucking incredible. I love so, that flick. I love Lily, it so much. You are officially in my cool book. Um, Last Shift and Tangerine are yours. Nice. That's, I, is that our first lady? And No, we've had another lady that has entered in. Too. I, yeah, I'm, I'm happy about that. All right. Because they can be pretty offensive, so I'm happy. <laughs> Hopefully they're not offended. Jesse, Jesse E, my favorite, my five favorite Magnolia releases are Jesse. You need to calm the fuck down. (laughs) Melancholia, Mister Nobody, Compliance, Life Itself, and Jesus Camp. You fucking artsy fartsy motherfucker. Jesus Camp is nightmare. 
nightmare. Jesus Camp is a fucking nightmare oh fuel. Yeah. I wonder if Jesse's how how's Jesse spell it? J E S S E. That's a dude. All right. Um <laughs> Jesse, I don't know about your picks. You sound like the artsy fartsy type, so you will love tangerine, my friend. You probably already like jerking off on tangerine. He's like, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jesse, you're in my cool book too. You get copies of Last Shift and Tangerine on DVD. All right, here we go. Finally, Chris B. Chris B. My favorite magnet release is Let the Right One In. Yes. Um, Troll Hunter, Monsters, The Host, and Time Crimes are all pretty awesome though too. Man, fucking Chris good B. Stuff. is in my cool book. How, dude, all these guys had really good picks. Lady. Oh, yeah. And two, Lady had a good pick. Yep. So yeah, Ryan, I'm, I'm, I mean, Magnet fucking releases a lot of cool shit. They do. So, you know. They do. You can't really go wrong. So Ryan, Andrew, Lily, Jesse, and Chris B., you guys will all be receiving emails from me. I will be asking for your address. Please respond to those emails. Give me that address, and uh, you will be receiving these DVDs in the mail. With so, no poop, because you all did really good. Right. Thanks. Right. Good job. Good job, everybody. Go team. Thank you guys so much for uh, participating in this drawing. This is our most popular drawing. Yeah, we had the most uh, names for me to pull, to, to sort through here. Not sort through, grab out of the hat. And no, sort it's not. You just gave yourself fedora. away. It's all rigged. It's not rigged. Um, <laughs> so. Mainly because I have no idea who these fucking people are. Neither, neither do I. I'm just, I'm, it, I it's know. funny because I mean, we had you know our our avid listeners like they've always like participated. So it's sometimes sometimes the same names. We're like, dude, you can't enter again. You've won everything. <laughs> You've um, won so, like every drawing, man. I'm sorry. They're probably using different names, like fucking jerks. <laughs> no, I would recognize the, the emails. I do recognize yeah. some of these, some oh, these emails true. from from uh, those of you on online. So. Um, thank you guys so much for participating and, um, uh, we want to keep doing these types of drawings. I know that we, I, I'm, I need to get some coffee from Coffee Shop of Horrors. I was supposed to be getting a package and I haven't got it yet because I want to do and one of those. Thank you more to stuff. Magnet and Magnolia oh, totally. for, uh, giving us, uh, 10 movies to give away. That That's was, awesome. uh, Miss Kate Fasha, who's probably listening. Thank you, Kate. Uh, thank you, Kate, for, um, helping us out and, uh, sponsor, well, "Quote unquote sponsoring yeah. a giveaway." Well, um, they did sponsor a giveaway. I know so that we'll be. Show, but. We will be having. Uh, I think the next giveaway we will have a gift certificate for Grindhouse Video. Will be in there. So uh, definitely, I think this was a success. So thanks to all of you who participated. And if you you know if you didn't win, try again. There's going to be plenty more drawings, plenty more opportunities for you guys to win. All right. Um, Let's talk about some uh, Vinegar Syndrome coupon. Yes. Yes, for the so, May title. The May title, we talked about Human Tornado and uh, Psychic Killer and a couple pornos. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you use the coupon code Screencast-Twister, screencast you'll get $10 <laughs> off. I think it's 74 bucks is basically what it is right now. If you use the $10, $10 coupon, you get the pack for $64. That's a damn good deal. It's good. And normally it ranges for fucking a hundred bucks. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so do that. If you would like the may package and get that in quick. 
Info Show. We'd like to thank, of course, our sponsors, Vinegar Syndrome. Give them some love. Um, Horror Pack. Yes. Coffee Shop of Horrors, Grindhouse Video, Wolfman of Mars, and of course, Kevin Spencer, who designed our artwork. Go to our sponsors page, thescreamcast.com slash sponsors. If you uh, give any of them some money, if you purchase any of their items, email us, readme at thescreamcast.com with a screenshot of your transaction. We will enter you into our monthly coffee shop of horrors drawing. Um, so I'm, I'm cold. I'm curating, not curating, curating is the wrong word. I'm gathering all those names, putting them in a folder. And, um, once we do the coffee drawing, I have a handful of people to choose from, choose from the hat. God damn it. Using the wrong verbiage here. It's okay. We're used to ask it. my wife. I put all these names on a sheet of paper, cut them all up into little things, fold them all up and put them all in a hat. She thinks I'm crazy. She goes, can you just like circle like a few people? Like, no, I got to draw the names out of a hat. And she rolled her eyes and walked away. All right. So I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Brad, do you have anything else that we need to plug? Oh, no. Just thanks for uh, Magnolia (laughs) Magnet. Dude, it's fucking like we do this show late, man. There's a lot of work that goes in this shit. <laughs> so you winners better be happy. Fucking stand up, drawn for your ass. Heck yeah. Um, but anyways, no thanks for everybody. Thanks for all the listeners. Thanks for all the sponsors. Thanks for Magnet Magnolia to help us out. Thanks to everybody because honestly, we wouldn't do this shit if it wasn't for you guys. Because I don't enjoy it. So. Dude, when, 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 when Killer POV said that they were stopping their show, I was like, fuck, if they can't make it, what the hell are we going to do? But of course, they're starting something new, um, Shockwaves. Of course, with, uh, Bloomhouse. So, jerks. I was like, I was about to try to swoop in and try to take up all their listeners. Yeah, right. I was like, I, I texted oh, Brad when I saw this. When I saw that announcement, I go, "We got to really step up our game." <laughs> yeah, let's Good talk shit. about more porno. <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> we'll talk to all of you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. Later. Bye. <laughs> oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun. <laughs> <laughs>